Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, gentlemen, small, medium, out, large, overextend, high eye. <laughs> How are you? Sorry, I'm, my phone was tied up. Anyway, hope everybody's doing well tonight. Nice to see you here. Thanks for dropping in. What's hey. new? Hi, Michael. How's it going? Very good, sir. Thank you for sending me that connection yeah um, with Al I don't know if you knew it or not but if you type the Skype name into the search window at the top of the screen you should you might have I don't know if you tried that or not but his name should come up yeah I'm still a little confused with Skype I don't work it enough but uh, that's a great help appreciate that um, nope that's great no I have to spend more time Hi, Over. Over's always got a heart thrown in there. Thank you, sweetie. Um, yeah, no, thanks, Mike. I I, uh, I'm, I don't work it enough. But, uh, no, that's great. I'll get a hold of him. I called him, and uh, that number didn't work. But anyway, I'll get him. I'll get him on Skype. Mm-hmm. I I I sent a little message to him saying that I'd like to add him as contact. So. I guess I have to wait for him to get back to me. I guess that's how it works, eh? Yep. Yeah. All right, that's super, thanks. You, um, I don't know what he's doing. He just had a super, a long week and then a super long drive, or a super long week, and then he was in court all day today, and then he had a super long drive, so he's, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be doing anything tonight, but he, uh, he also has internet problems. Oh. He lives way out in the sticks in a valley, so he gets he gets really crappy reception when he gets it. Oh yeah, that sucks. Well, I'll continue to try and reach him. Like I say, I did call that phone number, but it said basically um, the number that I was dialing, I think, was wrong. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. We'll find each other. So how's everybody? How's your week, Mike? Busy? Mine was all right. It was uh, nothing new. Same. Everything is good. What are you saying? I haven't to you in a long time, Mike. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all right. Hi, Terry. Good, Sonny. Hello, overextended. I have a wind phone. Good reception. Only under a tower. 
sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, it depends where you live, eh? Yeah. I go to my I go to my parents' place and I got no reception, cell phone reception, internet's crap. It's terrible. It's like living in a box. Technology. We're probably better off hanging on to our landlines, but they'll probably go obsolete after a while. Did you happen to see Time Magazine showed this patch that somebody was wearing on the wrist, like a patch? But here it was like a computer. Internet with you everywhere you go. Wi-Fi with you everywhere you go. It's attached right to your arm. Weird. Yeah, real weird. And, uh, oh, I found it through my group with Dr. Lou there, um, an older fella, of course, doesn't know anything about uh, radiation and all this kind of stuff, so I sent him a little thing. I said, isn't Wi-Fi, you know, um, doesn't Wi-Fi distribute radiation always? He said, I don't know. I don't know anything about (laughs) Wi-Fi. Yeah, I don't know if it does or not either, but... I say we give him a brain chip. See how he likes that. A brain shift? Yeah, give him give him one of those little microchips for his brain. There we go. Yeah, I think that's what this thing more or less is. You know, like they they tell you that carrying cell phones. You know, I sent him a list. There's ten ten phones that are really hard on. Uh, hard on a person as far as the radiation and then they're saying there's another group of phones that are not really hard on hard you know hard on a person with regards to the radiation that it puts out well even the cordless phones put out radiation but uh, and I'm on one every Friday um well, I but know, no these things way to uh, protect yourself from all that outside radiation no no just fill your walls with concrete <laughs> well, yeah, they, that. I got after the hydro when they first put a, a smart meter here at Ren's home, and uh, so I got calling the hydro and talking to all. Oh, I was talking to all sorts of men, and um, they said, "Well, um, you could move it, you know, um, if you if you choose to, or you can go back to the old meters, which is ten dollars a month, um, or you can paint your wall lead." they said to me, well, I don't think you can buy lead paint anymore. So it's... That's my favorite trick. That's what I tell everybody. Worry about being spied on. You better get some lead paint (laughs) and a tinfoil hat. (laughs) Yeah, I did some drywall in a dentist's office once, and they had this uh, lead on a roll that uh, you unrolled it, and you kind of nailed it to the wall. And that was where they were going to have the the x-ray machines. So yeah. it doesn't go through the walls. Yeah. You know what it is? It's bunker wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'd never get one of these things put on my arm. If my kids do, I'll rip it right off of them. It's like having a computer, like a patch on your arm. And it all you could see was all these lights lit up, you know? Like you just carry it around and you're, it, it's attached straight to your arm. It might as well be a super large chip. 
unreal. I was so shocked when I saw it. I thought, oh, no. People are going to be dropping like mosquitoes from radiation. The mark of the beast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's, it's a monitoring system. Yeah, yeah. Convenience of Internet so that, you know, anybody who wants to know will know where you are, where you're going, what your vitals are. Exactly. What you're speaking to, what you're writing down, everything. Take pictures. What you're thinking. Uh, oh, exactly. Mind. Well, they're working on that now. <laughs> yeah, if they if, if they can tell your vitals, they can probably tell if you're upset, if you're happy, if you're having sex. Who knows what they can tell, you know? Like um, a mood ring, but digital. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's just crazy. This world is going so mad. I'm not even. Gonna, I said to to Ren. I said, don't even try. Don't even try to keep up with technology because it'll just drive you crazy. You know, we can't. Who can afford to? Computers enough and cell phones. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. I just seem to be used up seen anything like that or heard it. I didn't read the article on it because I thought I had no interest. I know exactly what it's doing to people. At least I think I do. I know some things that it's doing and it is radiation because radiation comes through Wi-Fi like cordless phones, cell phones, computers, uh, laptops, readers. Well, basically anything that you plug into the wall is going to give you some sort of radiation. TVs and microwaves? Yep. Yeah. Even the wires in your walls for your plugs, receptacles, your lights, your smoke alarms, your anything electric. Everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> And anybody got anything new? Anything new and exciting or new and not so exciting? I got my letter that Mike helped me with out to my doctor yesterday, so I didn't expect to hear from her today. So I'll give her a few days anyway, and I'll send her in another one. That's all that's new with me. Yeah, Overextend's talking about the new world or wants they want us to get comfortable with implants, first alive, five, then internet and Wi-Fi, then embed ID chips, yeah, and embed bank cards. Oh, I didn't know that. What Another better way to identify a person to scan their freaking hand? Yeah, just wait until they have retina scans to get in all government buildings. Well, they're treating people like they're terrorists, right? 
They're all enemies of the state. That's a good movie, too, to watch, by the way. Line up, persons. Get your chip. You know, all you got to do is just say the wrong word anymore, eh? especially online. You know, like I've heard of people being thrown into jail for, you know, and they're not they're not criminals, they're not terrorists, but just say the wrong word, and you're a target. You know, we're we're probably you know. Pardon me. You just said the wrong word. They're listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're we're you know we're we're in that same boat. I I believe you know because we don't quite agree with everything, you know, with the government. And and so, yeah, we're terrorists. At least Mike is. (laughs) How to be a terrorist. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I can't really call myself a terrorist. Those, uh, Those government folk don't hate me. I don't bug them. They don't bug me, so I'm good. Keep my fingers crossed. My nose clean. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Just stay out of their way, eh? And Head down, mouth shut, keep walking. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes silence is golden. Like Jesus says in the Bible, there is a time to speak and time not to. I was watching this YouTube video yesterday, and uh, this guy was in family court. And uh, obviously, I didn't see his paperwork, and I didn't see his ex-wife's paperwork. But I guess he went into court, and she was making false allegations and just being hard to deal with and just, I don't know, trying to be a control freak. And... uh, and this guy was totally polite and honorable, allegedly. He had all his paperwork, all his evidence, everything, and he got his ass kicked in court. And he was saying about how it wasn't fair and everything. He went home and he was all bitter. And I guess he put, uh, I don't know if it was Twitter or Facebook or what it was, but uh, I guess he wrote a bunch of bad things about the judge. He was unfair and the guy's corrupt. He's a criminal and... uh what an asshole you think the guy would be fair and all that whining and complaining. I guess her lawyer saw it. I'm guessing she saw it, told her lawyer, her lawyer looked at it, brought it to the judge's attention and the judge threw him told him you take that thing down immediately. And the guy's like, no, I'm not taking it down. That's how I feel. That's what I believe. That is the truth. And I'm leaving it on my blog site. And the judge gave him five years in jail for contempt. Wow. I don't know. I haven't looked into the story. I just heard it. Somebody was telling about it, telling about this story on YouTube. So I don't know if it's true or not, but holy crap. Well, there's a difference between saying a judge, that judge is corrupt. And I believe that judge is corrupt. Yes. Well, there's slander, LaBelle, the whole bit, right? Can't go around smirching a guy's good name. Well, if you believe he's corrupt, you're not actually saying he's corrupt. It's my opinion that you're corrupt. I have a right to have an opinion. 
Even if you said he might be. Well, I'm pretty sure he wasn't smart enough to, to word it properly. Unless he wasn't going to take on a freaking judge. He wasn't calm enough and level-headed enough to think. I don't know if I'm in court and the judge says take it down. I'd probably say, okay, take it down and make a new one. <laughs> Here's your bill. <laughs> Carried out your order. Took the website down. Well, you uh, wouldn't you think that you know, with a judge and, and that circumstance that the guy would at least uh, be able to have a trial, not the judge just say, okay, five years because you didn't take that crap down that you said about me. I I don't know. I, well, I don't know exactly don't. everything he said, but you can't go accusing a judge of being corrupt. Yeah. You can't go calling him names. You can't go saying things without evidence. Yeah. And in all honesty, the judge gave him fair warning. Like, you broke the law all over the place. Take that thing down. All the guy had to do is say, okay, I'll take it down. Yeah. Or would it make you happy if I took it down? Mm-hmm. Or is that your order? No problem, I'll take it down. Are you ordering me to take it down? Put it in writing. That also brings up the point, too, that he, the judge gave him notice. You always mm-hmm. got to give you someone notice that they're doing something wrong before you hold them accountable for it. Yeah. Yep. See, there is the whole freedom of speech if you want to go that route, but according to their statutes, especially if it's published, bad, it's in print, out in the open for the whole world to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't go talking shit about people on the internet, especially when they happen to wear a black robe in the day. But temper, temper, look where it gets you. Yeah, we really have to stop and think before we open our mouth, eh? Keyboard commando. (laughs) Speaking of keyboard commando, I got blocked twice on Angela's call again last night. You, Mike? You're going to need a different handle. No, but you, she, listen, though, <laughs> I got to hand it to Angela. She can handle her show. She can do what she wants. She does a good job. She blocks me all the time. But I put my hand up, and she let me ask a question, and she unblocked me and let me behave myself at the end. <laughs> good, good. She'll get you trained. I accidentally sucked Angela in. I was... uh. I was kind of playing around with some of the people on the chat board and people started losing their minds. <laughs> people were getting really pissed off at me. They didn't like the questions I was asking. Uh-huh. And then Angela started answering my questions. And so I got in a little bit of a back and forth with Angela. It was kind of funny. Yeah, you're going to have to be careful. You're going to be burning bridges. It was awesome. Dan Benham gave me the gold star. He uh, he said my question was the best question asked all night. Yeah. Well, nothing wrong with that, eh? Like, nothing wrong with questions. That's what we're supposed to do, right? That's how we learn. That's how everybody else learns. 
Yeah, I think everybody was expecting me to be an asshole. I, I, I'm pretty sure Angela didn't want to unmute me. She was probably a little worried. That was good. <laughs> good boy, Mike. Well, you know those lens sense guys. You know they could be pretty pushy. Yeah, I got I got called a name too. I think I got call, called a shill or a government agent or something, and. I think somebody called me something else. <laughs> oh, uh, what's his name? The doctor there, the shrink. Shit, I can't remember his name now, but he uh, he was getting kind of mad at me. He was calling me an effing idiot and all kinds of stuff. No need for name calling, is there? Hmm. Well, I guess I'm good at stirring the pot when I want to. Well, there's, there's still, you know, no need for name calling. Yeah, I, I wasn't swearing. I wasn't calling anybody names. I wasn't saying anything racist. I wasn't really doing anything except asking yeah. questions. Yeah, yeah. People are trying to wheeze a lot of paying their mortgage and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's the tug of war, right? Whoever asks the questions is in control. Yep. But there's tacit acquiescence too, where you know, you know, if you're asked a question, you either accept it or deny it. A yes or no. It's like the old. Uh, I haven't watched it in a long time. I should watch it again. But that, uh, the words. Whatever it is, the that volleyball court thing, or where they're asking questions back and forth. What was that one called? Questions, wasn't it? Oh, that's what the game was called. Yes, that's on Al's site. What? Al's site, motor. Yeah, his BC site. He had a clip from the, a movie of plain questions. It was something like, I don't know, something, something in Rosenthal or dead or something, rosin cramps or something. I don't even remember what that clip was called. It was something weird. Do you have your chat up in front of you, Mike and Terry? Uh, yep. Over's making some comments here, and I guess since you guys were on the show, Angel's show last night, you may be able to relate more to what he's saying than than I can. Oh, yeah, Dan Benham, he, uh, I don't know, sometimes he kind of acts common law, but he likes filing affidavits and using all kinds of legalese terms and stupid long-winded paperwork and stuff. I don't know. Some Some of his stuff was good, but some of it I wasn't too interested in. Well, that's another thing, too, is, like, you can't, you can't judge what you know about something by the thickness of the stack of paperwork. 
It doesn't <laughs> fucking mean anything. The opposite is yep. true. If you know what you're right. talking about, there's few few pages, if any, more than one. I kind of thought it was funny that uh, Angela kept blocking me for saying the exact same kind of stuff Carl would say. But she never blocks or mutes Carl. Oh, I guess she mutes him sometimes. He starts running over people. Maybe you should be a guest on her show. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. I I don't think I could do it. You don't think you can give it to a two-hour speech? I know you could do Q&A, but you sit there and talk for two hours? You do it all the time, Mike. What's that? You do it all the time. Yes, you could do it. No, I could do it on your call. I can do it sometimes on my call. I can do it most of the time on Gus's call. On Angela's call? No freaking way. I'll lose my mind. <laughs> Why? How come? Uh, just the people that go on Angela's show, some of them are pretty out there. Well, maybe you could uh, see if you could get invited and, and tell us when it is, and we'll all come over and visit. And then uh, you'll be comfortable with all us. I doubt Angela would ever ask me, and even if she did, I don't think I would do it. Not on that show, not with that crowd. Well, we could nominate you. Yeah, but <laughs> nominating me doesn't exist if I don't agree to run. I know, I know. Well, I just thought it'd be a stepping stone for you. Yeah, I'm just not going to talk about FEMA camps and reptoids oh. and fiat currency and... Oh, I see. Call everybody the devil. <laughs> Blame everybody else. Make excuses. That crowd the government. For me. I see. Yeah, okay, Mike, I see. Yeah, I get, my, I get myself in enough trouble on our chat board. Well, you must find, even over at Answers, do you not find that there must be some people interested in... Um, well, yeah, there's some of it. There's, there's a lot of people on her call that listen to Carl, but there's the whole other crowd. Right. The ones that appoint themselves as, uh, you know, private attorney generals? <laughs> or the guy where he said, uh, I forget his name, but where he said... I, actually, I called into Angela's show that day, too, but... This guy was saying the best way to fight a speeding ticket is take your ticket, go home, don't pay the ticket, don't file any paperwork, don't go to court, wait till there's a warrant, and when you see the cops, run and make the cops chase you as as long as, like, if you can get away, get away, but if not, keep running as long as you can, and then when the cop does grab you, then you then you said, oh, why are you running? Just say, oh, I always run, or I'm I'm allowed to run, or whatever. And then he said, make sure you get arrested, go to jail, and then when you go to the court, when you go into court, demand the judge show you his oath and bond, and then sue them for unlawful arrest. 
I think that's a little extreme for a speeding ticket. And running from the cops was fun when I was 15. Now, no thanks. I mean, running nowhere, and I'm certainly not hopping fences. I'm done with all that. Get tackled to the ground, thrown around, thrown in a cage for a speeding ticket, really? The best plan he could come up with? One guy might have done that and succeeded, but that's not the best way to do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was I, I can't remember that guy's name, but he uh, there was so many questions where he stuttered like crazy. He was hesitating. There was some times where he just flat out contradicted himself. He was trying to explain people the court structure, and I don't even really know the court structure in the U.S., but I could tell the guy was full of crap. He didn't know what he was talking about. He kept referencing Carl, and he would say, oh, I agree with Carl. He talks about this and this and this, and then everything else the guy talked about was just ridiculous. Over making a statement here. He says, I, talking to you, Mike, I think, was questioning Dan about his point of views. No one would not answer back. Questioning Dan about his point of views, I guess. And he wouldn't get an answer back. Yeah, I don't know if he meant me or if he meant if he meant over overextended was on that call, too. And it also raises up question too, was he asking what he believes in or was he asking um, why he believes in something? Like you could, you know, you can question beliefs like wanting to know what they are, but just to disapprove them, that's that's wrong in its own way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if this is really funny or not, but it's kind of funny that uh, his little template there, his big finishing move, he calls it an affidavit of trust. But last time when he was on Angela's show, he got his house broken into three times in two weeks. <laughs> He's got an affidavit of trust. Justin, what? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he lives on the corner of Crack and Eight Ball and he trusts everybody and leaves his front door wide open. I don't know. Three times in two weeks? How many times can you get robbed? I don't know, he's a super nice guy, though. Well, he's probably doing his best, too, eh? Like everybody. Yep. 
nobody's got any issues. No conversation. Mm. I don't know, I still got a ton of letters to write, but I haven't really gotten to it yet. For yourself, Mike? Yeah. To who? Girlfriends? What's that? To who? (laughs) Girlfriends? No. (laughs) You'll have to change your writing style if you're going to get any of them. More love letters. Usually the best kind of writing are to people that don't want to receive letters. (laughs) What's that? The best kind of writing is to send them to people who don't want to receive letters. Yep. Yeah, it'll scare them, eh? Yeah, it's just kind of funny when sometimes the nicer you are, the more they hate you. Well, it's got to suck when you open a letter and you read it, and it's like, okay, if I answer this guy honestly, I'm admitting to committing a crime. If I lie to this guy, the whole world's going to know that I'm lying. And if I don't answer him, I'm as good as cooked anyway. What do I do now? And then they have to come come up with this complete BS sidestepping answer that's vague in general and actually means nothing doesn't even come close to answering your question. And so when you read his letter, you just piss your pants laughing. Yeah, this lost stuff definitely has its moments. Yeah, that's... I was thinking of you the, the other day, Mike, and you know how sometimes when you're learning things and it just takes you time... And then finally when something clicks, you go, oh, yeah. You know, I'm sure we've all been there, right? You know, when it finally... That's what uh, Dean Clifford refers to as the holy shit moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've had several of them. Yeah, and I was thinking the other day, I don't know what the circumstance was, but I remember you saying there'll come a time when you get these letters in the mail and you're just going to shake your head and laugh kind of thing, eh? And I I had that moment, but I can't remember what it was. But I had that moment, and I thought, Mike's right. Yeah, there there we go. And that is such a a cool feeling when when you do. It's like your eyes are really opened. Yeah. When your eyes are finally really opened. um, Yeah, I just think it's great. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't even really remember being that scared anymore. I don't know why I was, but I go to the I go to the mailbox and I look at the envelope and I'm like, "Oh wow, Bob actually responded to my letter. This ought to be good." And I read it and it says nothing and I just laugh my head off. I wasn't even expecting him to answer cuz there is no way to answer. So he sends a letter back and doesn't answer the question, just rambles on and says a whole bunch of stupid crap. He hung himself anyways. He was better off just answering the question and biting the bullet. 
it's just good to uh, be on the other side of the table for once and actually get them to sh- to sweat a little bit, get them to start saying stupid things that they shouldn't be saying. Start asking them questions and putting them in the hot seat. Yeah. Yeah, I think the letter writing and receiving is amazing. Yep. Sorry. And you can't and you can't really argue too the fact that how powerful a notice is. Yeah. A notice is pretty much a claim in itself when you're you're basically letting the other side know you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, most people just jump in. They do the letter writing, but they don't send any notices. Yeah, they send one letter and they don't get a response, and they don't know what to do after that. They they don't know anything about sending two or three letters. You know, we never, I never. You always think, okay, you send them a letter, they don't answer you, then, well, I guess go to court. Who knows, eh? You know, you don't know until you know. Yeah, well, it's by far the best to respond as soon as you get something in the mail. But I like just sending something out right away, just one, one line, maybe two lines. And just ask one simple question. Like the first line of the letter is basically, greetings, Bob, thanks for your letter, blah, blah, blah. And then you ask them a question. The most plain, basic, simple, obvious question right to the root, and he can't answer it. I love that so much. And then you send out a second letter with a second question and just get them shaken. And super nice and super polite. Just ask your question. They gotta hate it. Mm-hmm. Now, overextend here saying, I got a bill from Embridge Gas, and they have a third party collector on the bill for my air conditioner. And in brackets, she's got direct energy. He's saying, and the real funny thing about it is they say they have a verbal contract with me. Told me had paid for one whole year contract. Told me had paid for one whole year contract. Well, let's see the the contract for one. And I'm not really sure what that is. I don't know if the original debt collector is um, saying there was a one-year contract, but ask for that contract. And then the third-party debt collector ask them, who are you? Who are you to me? Do you believe a, a contract exists between us? Oh, they're saying, Overs, it's saying here, Mike, that um, verbal contract, they said, yeah, I don't care about the verbal contract because I don't remember that happening. So you better provide me the piece of paper, the uh, memorial of the of the meeting of the minds. Because I don't recall having any meeting of the minds or any verbal contract. So show the paperwork. 
if I could just ask over here while we're talking about it, you know, actually I was going to phone direct energy this week. I'm just kind of curious the way hydro is going. People tell me, men and women tell me that direct energy is a lot cheaper um, and you do have to have a, a, a year or two contract with them. Um, I'm just kind of uh, curious whether Over thinks this is a good company to... Uh, Move over to. The third party debt collector, I would for one ask who they are, how they know them, if there's a contract. <clears throat> I would also ask for the uh, delegation of authority, separate letters, of course. The delegation of authority that authorizes them to collect the debt on behalf of Enbridge. And I would also ask them to show proof. Obviously, again, a separate letter, but ask them to show you proof of the out-of-pocket expense that they paid for the debt, or if they paid for the debt and how much they paid for the debt. Because if they don't have a delegation of authority, that probably means that they just bought the debt that was already written off for insurance and they paid pennies on the dollar, and even in their own codes, they're only allowed to collect what they paid for the debt, which is probably 30% or less, depending on what kind of a debt and how old it is. And they're probably going to just leave you alone at that point. Or they're going to say pay up or we'll take legal action against you. Thank you for the extortion. See you in court. Yeah, I think I think debt collectors, especially third third party debt collectors, are probably by far the easiest things to deal with. Worst comes to worst, you just offer them really small monthly payments. <laughs> he straightened it out on the phone. He doesn't even have to pay for this month. <laughs> Zero cents per month. That's what I want to pay. Yeah, I think once I... Uh, get a few things completely figured out in my own head, I think I'm going to start uh, playing around with contract law a little bit, do a little bit of research. Like I think the, uh, I think when it comes to contract law, the sky is the limit. Like every time somebody offers you, every time somebody sends you a letter or a notice, it's pretty much an offer and you're negotiating back with them or you're refusing the offer or whatever you're doing. But there's so many ways to deal with letters and contract offers that people send you. I think there's so many funny things you can do with contracts. 
That'd be interesting, Mike. I'm waiting for the opportunity where somebody sends me a, a blatant contract offer and it's already signed. I'm just going to add a little clause at the end of it and then sign it and it's got two signatures on it and send them a copy of the contract. Just okay. add my own dispute resolution clause or something. If all else fails, I don't care if it's my fault or your fault. If something goes wrong, you're liable for it and you pay me. Or something like, should any disputes arise from this contract? The matter is to be settled in a common law court or record man-to-man. See how they like that dispute resolution clause. Great idea. So nobody got an update about John yesterday or today, eh? No. Did you hear from Gus or anybody or no? Uh, Gus posted something on Skype just after lunch. I think uh, him and John were eating pizza for lunch or something, going back in. But I don't, I don't think he said anything about what what was going on. I don't know if he said what happened. I don't know if last night he told anybody what happened yesterday. So I didn't hear anything. Anybody hear how Ports is doing? Um, I wonder why he's not on the call. Because he should be back, right? Oh, yeah, he's back. What, from visiting Carl, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, he was only there for uh, I don't know, probably most of a day and then overnight. I don't know if he stayed at all the next day or not. I think Al went to court today, right? Yeah, I think he said something about that. Yeah, I don't know what happened. He said uh, he said he was still out, and I think he's got to go back or something. So I don't. He didn't really say what happened, but. 
I guess Joe and Catherine had uh, had some kind of a hearing or something uh, over the internet the other day. Not sure how that went either. Oh, like a like a call like a vi- or something. Yeah, like a video, like a conference or a, I don't know whatever that closed circuit type thing is they do sometimes for uh, prisoners that are bringing them out of jail into court. Video conference. Yeah. I don't know exactly what they, I don't remember exactly what they call it, but I don't think it's actually called a video conference. Webinar? What's that? Webinar? No, this isn't a webinar. This is court. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just throwing out names, too. Oh. Maybe they use webcams, like you say. It's a video. It's a video. Yeah, I see you're saying that. I don't know what it's called either. What letters do you have to write, Mike? What's that? What letters do you have to write? Uh, if I'm not being too... I still haven't let, sent a letter to the uh, child support people. I still haven't sent a letter back to the chief magistrate at the family court building, chief justice. Well, the lady acting as chief justice. Uh, got a few letters about WSIB that I should have sent a long time ago. Uh, can't remember. There's a few more. I got a I got a list of uh, people. I gotta decide who's getting a letter and what kind of letter they're getting. But and I probably got about 20 letters that I could or should be writing probably start getting on some of these. Yeah, you need some time for you, don't you? Maybe you can get together and somebody can give you suggestions and ideas about what you can do for you, right? No, I'm, I'm pretty good all on my own here. It's just, uh, I don't know, I, for some reason I don't write letters anymore. I just kind of watch videos and read stuff on the internet. and I don't know, I just do more research than anything now. Still trying to uh, fill in some of the blank spots. Yeah. A lot of piecing together. Yep. Yeah, it's not only it's not only understanding the concept. It's understanding if you use that concept for that situation or if you pick a different concept to use for that situation or 
at what stage of the game do you use it? The basic idea is very simple, but it's the fine-tuning, the being very clever part. It takes a little, little bit of thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on the situation. You could just Fred Flintstone your way through it, but sometimes you want to be a bit cunning. Which I kind of, I feel kind of guilty about, because even in the Bible it says somewhere, uh, he who sets a trap shall surely fall in it or something like that. Just kind of funny baiting these people, but it's probably not really, not really the uh, most kumbaya way. Well, it's not like you're setting. It's not like you're setting traps to be evil, you know, and, and harm someone. You're like even yeah. Jesus used reasoning and and very very well thought out um, illustrations and stuff like that. Yep. Like, you know, it's not. It still feels pretty sinister for some reason, like I'm plotting. <laughs> okay, that's the devil coming out in you then. But it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like when my dog was sick, he had to have antibiotics and he caught on. I used to, uh, I used to put his, uh, his pills in cheese and he would just swallow them down. Like they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even hit his lips, teeth or gums or tongue, whatever. He just straight down the throat. And then he caught on to that I was putting pills in the cheese. So he'd put it on the ground, eat the cheese, and leave the pill. And the only way I could get him to take his antibiotics was to crush it up and put it in his food. And I felt so bad, like I was poisoning my own dog or something. It just seemed sneaky. Tough love. So we're giving these people, too. Tough love. We love what we're doing. Tough on the wallet for some of them. Yeah, even though I think it's a bad idea for most situations, I'm kind of really eager to uh, send old Alex a bill the man that acts like a judge. Well, that's a bad job of acting like a judge. Practicing law from the bench, interfering. Yep. I'm missing a poor, sweet little girl because her dad has a bad attitude. <laughs> Yeah, he was so nice right up until he sucked me into a stupid agreement. Why, devil? Very sneaky. Which is why you shut your big freaking mouth in court. <laughs>
sometimes it's the calm, polite judges with the smile that you got to watch out for. That's correct. At least I'm getting yelled at by a judge. I know where I stand. (laughs) (laughs) He's just saying something he doesn't like. He's not trying to work around it. He's brute forcing his way through. He's trying to compel you to do something. Doesn't like asking questions to take away authority. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love asking questions. I have authority over you because of the Highway Traffic Act. Oh, yeah? Well, what does this word mean? Uh, I don't know. Where do you think his authority just went? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that, that one's from Menard. That's pretty good. (laughs) yeah i heard a story once i think the guy was on a bicycle and he was going down a hill he was going way too fast and the cop was trying to charge him for speeding or something like that and the guy goes to court i this just a story i heard but the guy goes to court and the cops on the witness stand and he goes up to the cop and said so on the day of blah 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 what color jersey was I wearing? Cops like, uh, I don't know. Well, I guess that solves this case. And the judge is like, yep, and dropped it right there. Of course, I was only a speeding on a bike. Like, how ridiculous can you get? But you can't identify the perpetrator. Yep. Apparently, that was the first question he asked, and the last question he asked. Okay, we're done here. I'm sure if it was something a little more serious than speeding on a bike, things probably would have went on a little longer than that. But I think the judge was just waiting for a reason to get rid of that case. Well, yeah. Kind of goes with the flow. Like when I had trial day there, the judge actually let one lady go because the writing on the ticket was illegible. That's all right. Yeah. He's like, I know what it says, but I can't read it, so you're free to go. <laughs> and the lady was like, oh. <laughs> well, that was kind of neat. Yeah, as long as she was polite and acting like, uh, I don't know, acting reasonably normal, I'd do it for her. Let some of the little stuff slide. Yeah. Why do you want to pick on people, right? Well, I'll pick on people, but it's the ones that are stealing or assaulting or something. Like, uh, what was it? One lady, she got a, she got a ticket for uh, uh, driving while distracted. <laughs> And the cop said that she was reading the paper while she was driving. But when it came down to the explaining part, she explained to the judge that uh, 
Yeah, I was stopped at a light, and I glanced over at the paper that was sitting on on the seat next to me. He's like, oh, okay, well, uh, case dismissed. <laughs> nice. Because, you know, the driving while distracted, you actually have to be moving. Are you absolutely certain? I was reading while I was driving. Yes. You're absolutely 100% certain that I was reading while you... Yes. What evidence do you have that I wasn't looking at the picture? <laughs> what evidence do you have I wasn't just staring off into space and there happened to be a paper near me? Yeah. Well, you're absolutely certain I was reading. Sounds like perjury to me. Of course, it could, of course, it could be a mistake, and we can just all forgive and forget. Well, another good argument, too, is the whole, uh, do, you, do you know how fast you were going? <laughs> Absolutely not. I was looking where I was going. I wasn't looking yeah. down at the speedometer. My eyes are on the road. <laughs> I don't want to be distracted by some gizmo sitting on the under the dash. Well, you see, officer, I was driving down this stretch about three years ago and a squirrel just darted out on the road. I'm very careful around here now. I, I watch where I'm going. <laughs> hey, Terry. Yo. Did you just say your eyes were on the road? My <laughs> <laughs> that must have hurt going that fast. That make, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah, just like my hey. eyes are peeled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Watch your words, right? Figure speech. Yeah. I was watching yeah. where I was going. One of my favorite phrases are, uh, if you owe me money, I go to collect. I'm like, yeah, cough it up. <laughs> like it's a furball or something. <laughs> yeah. Here's your money. Ew. <laughs> Being a little literal. Cough <laughs> <Off> it up. <laughs> I don't know why, but I always said when I hear that, I just picture somebody coughing up a big wad of cash. Wow, that's got to hurt. Yep. <laughs> you can say, oh, no, I can't cough it up, but if, if you wait a minute, I can pull it out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a bucket in a private room in about six hours. <laughs> Might speed up the process if you uh, buy me some McDonald's. Yeah, that stuff's pretty brutal. I used to eat McDonald's on a regular basis. It wasn't so bad, but I haven't had McDonald's in like a year. Yeah, me either. I won't go there anymore. I always feel, I don't know, slow and greasy and, I don't know, it's just weird. It slows me right down. It makes me feel all weird. I don't even like it anymore. I've been away from McDonald's for so long, I go there and I can't stand it. I'm with you. Tend to enjoy home cooking better. Or you find those nice little uh, whoppers from Burger King. 
Wow, those are awesome. Yeah, nothing beats a Whopper. It pisses me off that I'd have to drive an hour and a half to two hours just to go to Burger King. So whenever we took a trip to Barrie, I'd stop by Burger King and buy like, you know, two dozen Whoppers. I don't even care if I'm paying full price. <laughs> Put these in the fridge. But to each his own, right? Some people are like, well, ew, Whopper's disgusting. The McDLTs were awesome. DLT or BLT? No, the McDLTs. Oh. You never had them in your neck of the woods? Nope. Yeah, it was way back when I was in high school. Surprised I can remember that long ago, but it was... uh, one of those old-fashioned, non-biodegradable styrofoam containers, but it was uh, two trays side by side, sort of. Like not uh, like they wouldn't put the burger together. They'd have the top and the bottom on two separate sides, so the the patties would be on one side, and the lettuce, tomatoes, and pickles and onions would be on the other side. So your vegetables were still crunchy. Yeah, I kept the hot side hot and the cold side cold. Yep, that was awesome. I remember those. Yeah. And when the big extras first came out, those are amazing too. Then they got smaller and they didn't salt the grill anymore and then they kind of weren't as good. Yeah, I I remember the big extras. They were good for a time. Yep. <sighs> Any other food you want to talk about? Is that going to be our conversation of choice? <laughs> Nobody's calling in. No one's got any questions. Well, I guess I, it's like in the lounge with Sonia. That's what you should call this. this oh, no. <laughs> hey, why not? Why not? The lounge it's, with it's fun. Sonia. Um, I have something. I think I meant, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but since we don't have anything else, like I said, I'm not one for talking about me very much. I do usually do that on the private, but if you um had medication that uh, you didn't realize that was going to cause you harm and it has caused you harm, you know, say like for two or three years. And, um, you know, of course, you, you, you never get a doctor's acknowledgement. They just ignore the, the statement totally and just want to send you for a bunch of tests here and there just to, you know. If you wanted to sue or if you wanted to uh, make a claim, pardon me, um, or write the FDA or the company that... Uh, created these drugs, um, you know, to make an issue about the harm that has been done to you, which you, you know, obviously had no knowledge that this would happen, Um, what would you do? Whether it be the, you know, from an aspirin to a, you know, I'm talking um, antidepressants. Well, I think it's still, it's still just an opinion. 
you know, the doctor gives you an opinion to take something, and it's up to you whether you take it or not. Yeah. Yeah, but if if a doctor's prescribing you medication that's causing serious health, like serious permanent health, maybe permanent health problems? Well, pretty much most medications have permanent problems that are associated with them. Like, for example, uh, Ritalin, well, if you if you right? take Vioxx and you have a stroke, you sue them and win. Yes. You know, or you put your kid on like Ritalin, right, and it turns them into a freaking vegetable and plays with the chemicals in their head, so that. You know, one day you forget to give him his medication and the kid's bouncing off the walls because his his brain has been trying to regulate that amount of chemical. So it overproduces it just to be suppressed by the medication. You know, I it, see that a lot with my ADHD nephew. That didn't you just describe roughly the same thing that happens with about 70% or more of medications? Yes. That's what I mean. Yeah, pretty much all different. medications have yeah. some sort of permanent uh, side effects, especially when it plays with the chemicals in your in, in your body. Well, it's funny too because they invent some kind of wonder pill, and they test it for I don't know how long, two, three, four years, however long they test it for, and then they ramrod it down every doctor's throat, well, not down their throat, but forces it on them, gives them huge incentives and kickbacks and everything. And so these doctors are getting all these perks, so they're just pumping this new medication out like crazy to everybody. It's the latest craze. And then... uh, And then 15 years later, you find out what the long-term effects are. Which they, you know, sometimes they don't make you aware of in the beginning. Oh, they never do. They don't know. How do you know? How do you know what's, what a drug's going to do to you 15 years down the road when you're selling it after three or four years of testing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three or four years, like to to know what's going to happen to you 15 years down the road, you have to have a bunch of guinea pigs take this for 15 years and see how they turn out. You can't just invent something, sell it after three or four years, and expect to know what's going to happen to you in the future. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll just kind of briefly, Terry, I don't know whether, whether I've mentioned, and I don't want to, you know, bore anybody with the same information, but I'll just kind of try to uh, quickly explain so you can understand my position. Um, I'm a hypertype of person, always had problems going to sleep. And so I used to get lorazepam from my doctor to help me relax, go to sleep. I'd get a good night's rest, and I'd feel great in the morning, you know, rested up, alert, um, wired to go, you know. And um, I don't feel I was addicted to them. Um, They did help me. And then um, my doctor said to me, well, we really don't want you to take these. We really think, you know, it's harmful and stuff like this. And she says, we have a an antidepressant here I'd like you to try. And I said, well, I'm not depressed. I don't want antidepressants. She said, but they'll help you sleep. 
And uh, so she talked me into them. So I tried them for six months, and before the six months were up, I was starting to get brain shocks. Okay? I wasn't feeling right either. You know, I just you just feel like crap. You feel more depressed. Like any depressants can make you more depressed. And I didn't want to take them in the first place, but she said, okay, they'll help you sleep. So, But I started getting brain shocks while I was taking them, and I thought, that's enough of this. I'm off of these things. Not really understanding or knowing. You're not supposed to go off them either in any hurry, but I can't even remember it so long ago. It was over two years ago. It was about three years ago. I just quit taking them. I thought, I'm not taking anything. So I was taking absolutely nothing, and I didn't bother going back to her to ask her if I could have the lorazepam back because I was just determined to keep going natural, you know, try to find out uh, what type of foods I need for my melatonin, you know, which is the chemical in your body that helps you to sleep, you know, cherry juice and whatever else. And uh, anyway, so after about uh, two, two and a half years dealing with these brain shocks myself, they started getting worse, like I was getting like five a night, afraid to go to sleep, afraid to go to bed every time I you know, was going to go to bed, I thought, okay, what's it going to be like tonight, you know, um, some of them are very, very bad jolts, they jolt the whole body, uh, you can feel it in your heart, you can feel it in your lungs, like having uh, an electrical shock, you know, like they give you at the hospital, you know, when they're bringing people back, it just jolts the whole body, not all the time, but uh, you just never know, and uh, so anyway, um, I went back to her and told her, I didn't mention the medications to her, and I did this for a reason. So I went back to her and told her I was having brain shocks, and she said, what? Actually, I told her a long time ago that I quit taking the medication because they were giving me brain shocks, and she said, brain shocks? So I I knew absolutely she didn't have a clue what I was talking about. So I didn't push it or anything, but I just said I quit them. I, I, I just stopped taking them, and that was it. So I thought, well, I'll deal with it. You know, I'll get better. I'll heal. You know, I'm a healthy person, and I try to eat right and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so anyway, two, over two years later, I'm still getting them, and they're getting worse. So finally I went back to her, and I said, uh, I said I, I'd like to try these lorazepam again because I'm still getting these brain shocks, and I think they'll work. And um, so she gave me a couple, but by the time I got to another, she sent me to a neurologist, which was a waste of time. He just um, prescribed three other different types of drugs for me to take, and he ignored the fact that uh, I felt it was caused because of um, this medication, which is called Ciprolex. So um, he ignored that and stayed right away from that. Um, I also asked him about, uh, is there certain types of foods that you would suggest that would help with my melatonin to help me to sleep? And he said, no. Nope. He just shook his head and said, nope. So he wrote down these three different types of medications. So I, I brought this, this piece of paper back, and I studied these other three different types of medications, and, of course, they're all bad. You know, what, they're all bad, all of them. So um, anyway, I, my doctor now, after I went and saw two other doctors here in Halliburton, and they asked me, well, why are you seeing other doctors? Why aren't you seeing your own? I said, oh, I, I just want a second opinion. And I told them um, about this medication that I believe was, has been causing me brain shocks. I said have you, to one doctor, I said, have you ever heard of these brain shocks? And she said, no, i never heard of it. So I thought, okay, well, you can't help me. 
so I didn't say that to her, but I thought, okay, well, thanks very much for your time. And and uh, I saw another doctor about the same thing, and she says, uh, um, she's like, I guarantee you it's your neck. It's not pills. It's your neck. <laughs> My neck? No. Okay, so I didn't get anywhere with her. So these were two doctors that were actually colleagues to my doctor. So the word got back to my doctor. Okay, Sonia's uh, claiming that this Ciprolex is, um, has caused problems with her. So my doctor's afraid now. And uh, so anyway, with the lorazepam that she was giving me, she cut me back, way back, uh, to less than half and she wants me to take them every other day, every other night, and they're not working. And uh, it's terrible. It's um, they they did ask me how come I I didn't come, you know, within the two years. And I said to my doctor, well, you know, I don't come here unless I absolutely have to. I'm not a person that wants drugs. I do everything naturally. She knows that. And uh, so now we're at a point where she's running scared, you know, kind of, and. You know, with her tail between her legs, she does not want to do anything for me. She does not want to give me any drugs, and I don't blame her, and I don't want any. But now I'm at a point, because of this issue, um, I've got to do something. Um, I don't have a problem if I drink, and I don't want to drink all the time. And um, I've tried uh, oil. I, I don't do marijuana, but I have tried oil under the tongue. And uh, it doesn't help. And I don't like smoking pot because it just makes me hyper. I I don't smoke it either. It says I you don't have that problem with you dr when you drink. Maybe it's blood related or it's electrical. Vitel saying I think it's your neck. You think so? You tell well. How come it started when I was taking an antidepressant, and then it's it's now now almost three years. Yeah, actually, it seems to be getting worse. One jolt. I was telling Mike one jolt last Saturday night when I went to bed. Um, I cannot lay on my left hand side. I know it's going to happen, and but, you know you you got to move around, eh? It, it's so difficult just to sleep on one side, you know, for a year. Try sleeping on one side, and you can't. I can't lay on my back, but um, I laid on my left hand side, and I should have known this jolt was so strong, it jolted me right up off of my pillow, scared the crap right out of me. Um, she doesn't want to give me anything that's going to relax me so I don't have these. So I wrote her a letter anyway. I'm reading what you're saying here, guys. Yeah, magnesium, calcium, chiropractor, nerves in my neck. You really think so, Vitel? Vitel, you're a pain in the neck. <laughs> Vitel's on the board? <laughs> Get him! Anyway, that's hey, Vital, what's up? I haven't even checked the board in a while. That's nice to see you there. And Slacker won't get on the phone, eh? Hi, Billy the Kid. 
I promise I won't call you Vittles. <laughs> Certainly not tender Vittles. Box <laughs> page is going to act up here again, so I'm going to have to go out and back in. You tell I'd like to uh, learn more about what you're talking about here. You've had problems like that. Have you had brain shocks, you tell? Electroshock therapy for him. No. Is he a chiropractor? In the head? Does it start from the head, Patel? Well, you I did have a doctor saying what could be your neck. No, in the brain. In the brain. In the brain. Can I get this in his brain? No, it's in the brain, like the top of the head. In the brain. If I lay on my... All nerves are connected to the brain. Well, thank you. I didn't know that. <laughs> Anyways. No, I'm looking for... I'm looking for any ideas, yeah. Maybe I should go see a chiropractor. Be a better pillow? Does it happen when you're lying down or? Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Thanks for asking, Terry. Um, You know when you're just going to go into your REM sleep? When you're just getting ready to doze. You know when you get that dozy feeling where you know you're just, you're ready to go? You're ready to fall asleep? You know that feeling? I I thought the REM was... uh... After you're already asleep, it's a different. Isn't well, that like in the middle? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't isn't REM like deep dream state? Rapid eye movement. That's when you're. Yeah, isn't that when you're in a deep dream state? Well, you're not even really in a, a deep sleep when you're in a REM sleep, rapid eye movement. You're still you're not in a deep sleep. You're in a dream state. When you're in a deep sleep, you're the brain shuts down, you know, even further. Well, the brain never shuts down. Well, you know, I mean, shuts down. <laughs> Hopefully further. eventually it does, but not early. Yeah. yeah not so what, what, yeah, not, what I mean like is when, when I'm just about ready to fall asleep and I get into that, that's, you get into that dopey stage where you're just going to doze, you know, when you're just going to go, that's when the shocks happen. Always wait at that stage. Just I'm ready to doze and wham. So then it wakes you up, or, or you know, jolts you. What happens? What happens when you're starting to fall asleep? Um, I get a brain shock. Is it your whole body? Sometimes. Sometimes it's just in the brain. Sometimes it's maybe my arms. Sometimes it's right down to my toes. I can feel it in my heart, my lungs. It that happens every, every night. Yeah. That happens to me every night. I've never heard anyone else say that. Who's this? Uh, this is Billy the Kid. Oh, really? Billy? You guys, so you guys got to find out what you guys have in common. Maybe, maybe you both have a shitty pillow or maybe 
kind of neck tension in the wrong spot. But maybe if you both have the same thing, there's some kind of connection. It's the weirdest thing. My wife says she always knows when I'm going to fall asleep because I jolt. My whole body, it does. It wakes you up. And I've never heard anyone say that before until just now. But my whole body will literally jolt every night. Oh, right well, that's, I like a, that's a spasm. That, that's weird. a little different. It's a little different than what she's talking about. Actually, that's very normal, spasms. That usually happens when your body's at rest. Yeah. Your, like your muscles will spat them like you'll, you'll kick your leg or something. No, I'm talking the whole body jolt. It's weird. You know what I mean? The whole body. Yeah. Billy, do you, do you, get, do you get any shock in your brain? No, that's why I was saying. What well, what were you saying? Uh, I I don't feel anything in my brain. It's my whole body, though. Well, you know, when you're you're dozing off, like you were saying, and you starting to get into that deep phase, uh, all of a sudden my whole body will just jolt, and then I go right to sleep. But you know, I've been married for uh, 13 years now, and she tell you every night that's it's the same thing. That's why when you said that, I was like, wow, I've never heard anyone else say that. I get, you know, a little twitch of the arm, a little kick of the leg or something, but I'm talking about a full body jolt. Yeah. Well, based on what you're saying too, Sonia, my recommendation would probably be to try, uh, take a couple aspirin before you go to bed, like maybe 20 minutes before you go to bed. Yeah. Because... The effect of alcohol, you say it doesn't happen when you drink. No. Is it thins the blood. And that's what aspirin does too. Right. So if you give that a shot, maybe it has to do with uh, maybe blood pressure or something. Well, I might. You mean, like, yeah, I, I could try that because I know my blood's thick. You mean like definitely aspirin and not Tylenol? Like Specifically aspirin, yes. That's important to know, right? Because some of them have acetaminophen, some of them have uh, codeine, some of them have whatever that other one is. Well, uh, aspirin is a good anti-inflammatory, and it thins blood so to bring down swelling. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what the uh, drug is in it that that thins the blood? I don't know. Aspirin. <laughs> you know what? There's, there's another thing. If you're into trying healthy stuff. Maybe uh, slam some brown vinegar. <laughs> Another thing too is that um, you know heart problems is is something that runs in my family, and uh, I've already been recommended to take an aspirin every day, just to you know help along. It won't hurt. It's actually good for the heart. You now, if you got heart problems, and I have thick blood, and I don't I don't drink any alcohol. Like I have like no booze in my house. I drink when I leave the house, and I never leave the house. So, uh, I, I know that works in that regard, and uh, it's not going to be harmful, the mm-hmm. aspirin and prometheus. So, it, I, I would try that, you know, take a couple extra strength, like a full dose, 20 minutes before you go to bed, mm-hmm. and see if, yeah, that, that. if that helps. You know what else helps is, uh, my my brother just recently had told me about these uh, <clears throat> whole food pills. I don't know if you guys have got whole foods around you, but they sell a pill. It's called melatonin. 
And basically, when you start to go to sleep, your pineal gland releases melatonin. That's what helps the cells heal your body. Anyway, I just noticed I started taking them about three days ago. He just gave them to me. And now that we're talking about it, I don't remember jolting while I was taking these. Uh, I'm going to take it again tonight just to see. But it's basically like three pills. They they taste like mints, but they're supposedly a, a healthy melatonin for your body that helps induce you know healing while you sleep. It makes you go to sleep, but it's a, a natural sleep aid. Anyway, you might want to look into that because uh, I just started taking them. My brother said my mother, she passed, she used to take them. And I have a problem sleeping anyway. So to take those and be able to fall asleep for 15 minutes, it's pretty cool. I used to take the, you know, Tylenol PMs. But the Tylenol, I heard, is really bad for you. You know, if you're taking it for your heart, you shouldn't take Tylenol. You could do some research on it, but... Uh, while my mother was sick, I did a lot of research on drugs and stuff and what she was taking. And Tylenol is one of the worst aspirins you can take. I think Bear, Bear was one of the safer ones, you know, when you're taking it for your heart, like you were saying. Um, this is Billy talking, right? Yeah. Yeah, Billy. Um, when I did go to see a neurologist, and um, one of the three different types of drugs that he suggested was melatonin. So, of course, I came home and I researched everything. Now, I did research about the melatonin tablets, and I and I did ask him if there was food. So there's the food that I can, that you would suggest that would be good for increasing my melatonin. He just shook his head. They, they, they don't want to talk foods. They don't want to talk diets. They don't want to talk natural. He, he's getting paid to push pills. He's not a yeah. dietitian. Yeah, he's a drug. He's a drug pusher, not a... Uh... Organic food pusher. Yeah. So anyway. But yeah, you're on the right track. I researched melatonin, and to the best of my knowledge, even melatonin, your melatonin can be tested. And the best test that I found is through your saliva. You would stay overnight somewhere, and they would test your melatonin levels throughout the night with a cotton ball in your saliva. And uh, But these doctors don't test our melatonin, you see, and they just want to pump the melatonin to us. Now, you can cause yourself problems by taking melatonin when you absolutely don't need to. They may work, but maybe that's not our problem, you see. And melatonin, I've, to the best of my knowledge, you're not supposed to take any more than three months also. Well, my doctor gave me a prescription for five months. I was beginning to get the feeling that she didn't want me back there. So she gave me a prescription for five months. So then when I studied this, I thought, what? she's not even testing me for my melatonin. She's given me a prescription for five months, which I understand you shouldn't take any more than three months. So I just went back to her and said, you know, these other pills here I don't want. I know I trust the lorazepam. I've used it before. I'm comfortable with it. It does give me a good night's rest, and I don't get the brain shocks. But uh, she's scared, so she's cutting me right back, and um, I'm having this trouble. But I will try, Vitel, what you said about uh, the neck, and I do understand why you're saying wear a swim hat on your head, but I don't think I could sleep well. I'm a claustrophobic type of person. I don't think I could sleep with a hat. I think think Overextended had the best idea. I think you should try sleeping with a tinfoil hat. (laughs) 
Well, Sonia, I want to chime in a little bit on that, <clears throat> the melatonin thing. The research that I did yeah. was really about the pineal gland and how the fluoride is calcifying the pineal gland. And the pineal gland is where your brain meets. It's like a little, uh, you know, like a pine cone. And when we're young, that that pineal gland is fresh and soft, and as we get older, the foods we eat and the waters we drink and whatnot, it calcifies that, which doesn't allow you your body to release the melatonin. So if I was you, I wouldn't really look so much as the melatonin. Go look at your pineal gland. Look at what the pineal gland does for your body. It releases two different things. The other one's like uh, starts with a D, and it had something to do with sleep, or more like a... Uh, I think a psychedelic, you know, when you fall asleep and you're in that dream state, that's what this other thing released, I believe. But uh, the other one was melatonin, which allowed your cells to regenerate. You know, your body's constantly regenerating its cells. And when you're sleeping, that's when it repairs itself, and that's what the melatonin helps to do. But I'm not sure you can have too much. You you might be able to, but I'm, I'm not, I don't remember seeing that anywhere I guess you could OD on melatonin, but uh, just just look at the pineal gland if you want to know a little bit more about the, the natural melatonin that your body produces. It also produces, you know, lots of other things like uh, uh, the CB1 receptors or the THC molecule. You have CB1 and CB2 receptors throughout your whole body. And they're in your organs and your bones. And come to find out, our bodies actually produce a THC molecule. And that's what attaches to the CB1 and CB2 receptors. Well, they also make a guy up there in Canada, Rick Simpson, he was uh, taking extracting the oils from the marijuana plant and extracting them and heating them up and decarboxylating them. And these two would also connect to the CB1 and CB2 receptors, which were helping with tumors and cancer and all kinds of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of some crazy research, but um, the melatonin thing was kind of cool to find out that your body does produce it, and it's actually healthy for you. Like I said, the melatonin is supposed to help your body reproduce, I believe it was white blood cells that go in and repair or something. I don't know if it was white blood cells, but it goes in and it helps the cells repair. So mm-hmm. you know, they get rid of the dead ones and start producing the new ones. Very interesting. Very yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I thought this was a law show. All of a sudden we got on and we were talking about melatonin. Well, the reason dopey. we got on this because I've been almost to the point where I'm thinking of, of writing the, the company that uh, produces this drug. Because of the, uh, the 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 serious side effects. Because which drug were you taking? Uh, Ciprolex, which was uh, an antidepressant. And I started having these brain shocks while I was taking it, and I wasn't feeling well while I was taking it, so I quit it. And it's been almost three years later. I'm still having these brain shocks, and they're getting worse. I thought I could clear it up on my own. I thought, you know, it would go away, it would heal. And uh, I started researching it, and and it's just getting worse. And I'm, 
I, and I am really actually getting afraid for my health. It, 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 well, it's I'm sure there will be a commercial coming out soon that says, if you've ever taken this pill, please call these attorneys. You see it all the time. Yeah. The new pill that will help save everything. And then uh, two years later, they got an attorney saying, if you ever took this pill, you can sue the shit out of them. Yeah. yeah. So it's probably something like that. I, I'm not familiar with what you took, but uh, well, that's, that's how we got this. That's how, how we got in this conversation, yeah. Yeah, I was a little late. I apologize. That's okay. Anyway, thank you for all the suggestions and ideas, friends, and, and um, I'll watch that link detail that you sent me. Actually, I'll click on it now, so I've got it up, and I'll watch it later. You now, should look at uh, Rick Simpson's YouTube videos. He also had a head problem. That's why he produced the oil, because he had a head injury. And I guess it was like this aching, throbbing pain. And every, everything the doctors gave him wouldn't help, so he produced his own oils from the marijuana plant, and it cured his, uh, not cured it, but I guess it helps alleviate the pain. Mm-hmm. Nothing the doctors could give him would, and they actually cut him off. They said, we can't offer you any more pills because nothing's working. Anyway, I would look into that, too. I think it's called Run from the Cure. Yes. Yeah, um... I've I've listened to some of Rick's videos. Um, really, thank you. And yeah, he's one of my favorites for cancer cancer cures. You know, I appreciate all this information. Tell I tried to pull up that link that you you put here, but you're right. It's it's not working. And thanks, uh, guest date, Valerian Root. Yeah. I'll have to, uh, I've never tried that, but I've heard a lot about it. But Like, like I say, it's it's not so much the problem, like I, I can go to sleep. Sometimes it, it may be late. But the problem is the brain shock. So I think maybe like the tell said, maybe um, maybe see a chiropractor, see if it is uh, pinched nerves in the neck or something. Or the shot. Anyway, enough for me if somebody else has got something to chat about. Is anybody there? Yeah, I'm here. I'll uh, oh, okay. I I'll just... talk if I'll talk if somebody somebody thinks of something to talk about. But oh, that's okay. I just didn't hear anybody talking. I thought maybe I lost. Um... Yeah, somebody think of it. Somebody think of a topic. I'll talk about it. Oral contracts. I'd like to see the written copy because I don't recall 
I don't recall uh, agreeing to it. I don't recall it verbal or otherwise. Because if you, if you say there's a contract between me and you, and I say there's not a contract between me and you, then there's not really a contract unless there's something in writing. There has to be a witness or it has to be written or who's going to... I have a business partner. We had done a few projects together. This is a guy I've known for 25 years. And uh, we had done three projects together, just verbally, that we would split the profits. And we did the three projects. And one of his older clients called up and he picked up a bigger project and decided to accuse me of doing work outside of, you know, our partnership, which is untrue. And when I tried to tell him that, he basically just said, you know, F you, this is done, this is over. So what he's doing, he's basically strong-arming my money because it's a larger project. And so I wrote him a letter that if you uh, want to dissolve the partnership, I'm going to need something in writing. I'm also going to need my 50% share of the contract we're currently uh, doing. And so the research that I did was if I can pull three different owners in there to say, yes, these guys are business partners, and all the employees, my wife, everybody knows we're business partners. Are you going to have a leg to stand on in court? Well, your wife's not considered an impartial witness. You can't use family as a witness. What about employees that were working for us? Employees, yeah. Yeah, employees for sure. Homeowners. Yep. Architects. You know what I mean? All these people knew we were partners. And so the claim was that I was doing work, some other job, I don't know. Somebody called him and he he understood that I was doing some other work, which I wasn't. And I can prove I wasn't. And I can also prove we were partners. Well, the thing is, you don't have to prove that you didn't work anywhere else. Is he saying you did work somewhere else? He's going to have to prove that. Yeah. Well, he can't. The The burden of proof is on him. He's the one making an accusation. So, but here's the thing. I wrote him a letter. This guy... You know, I've known the guy for 25 years. He's the one who taught me how to build. He's an older guy. He's tough, you know, old Marine guy type thing. Anyway, uh, I wrote him a letter. I'm not sure what's going to come of it. I'm sure it's not going to be good. He's not a very fair person in any way. So I'm assuming this is going to go to court, I'm presuming. And uh, when I get there, you know, my claim is that we were business partners. He made a false claim. And he still owes me for half of the contract. Does that sound fair? I wouldn't say it's a false claim. I would say that he alleges or he, I don't know I don't know exactly how I word it, but he's he's accusing maybe accusing me of breaching the contract. I've seen no evidence of said breach. And he still owes me money. All right. 
that's pretty much how it is. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to be accusing anybody. You don't want to be making any statements that you can't back up. Well, everything I'm going to say, I can back up. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm a good guy. I do what I say. I say what I do. And uh, this guy breached our contract, and it was, you know, he owes me forty grand plus extras. So, uh, you know, I've never sued anybody ever. As a matter of fact, this is the first time I've started studying law, which was early last year, probably in August or. But now that I understand the law a little bit better, I do understand that nobody can just shit on you like that. Well, so you did a bunch of jobs with him, and he's not paying you for those jobs, and he's saying that you that you didn't work for him. No, what what happened was I finished a large project. I was working for another guy, just helping finish this big project. So I finished it. I called this man and I said, hey, what are you doing? He said, just sitting on the couch. He said, you're not working. He said, no. I said, do you want to go do some jobs? He said, yes. I said, okay, we'll work under your license. He said, okay, we'll be 50% partners. I said, I got three jobs. We can start right now. So we went and did them, did all three of them. While we're doing all three of them, we got two other big ones we're bidding on, one's from his customer, one's from one of my old customers. We, we get his job, and we sign it, and we get started. A month later, uh, he gets a call from some bank asking some information. And I guess he assumed I was doing some work for somebody else, which I wasn't, like I said. And I tried to tell him that. And he said, hey, the bank called me. Yeah, so? He, said, he told me you're doing some other work without me. I said, no, that's not true, Danny. I don't know what you heard, but that's not true. Anyway, so he basically cussed me out, get the hell off the job, I don't want to talk to you anymore, you know, the whole thing. So I wrote him a letter and I said, hey, you know, I'm I'm not guilty of the claim that you, you know, your false claim, which said I was doing other work. It's not true. I said, I didn't appreciate the way you were cussing at me and threatening me. And, uh, you know, if you need... If you want to dissolve this partnership, I need something in writing. I also told him I want 50% of the contract that we're currently in the middle of, which we had just, like I said, we had only been on this job for a month. But it was a big project, and just the contractor's fee, if we split it, my cut is 40 grand. So, you know, I see this guy just being unfair and trying to keep the whole contract. Because the other contracts we did were like a hundred grand, eighty grand, sixty grand. You know, they weren't big ones, but they were. You know, we made a few grand. We, out of the three of them, we probably put twenty in our pocket each. So now that we get to the bigger one, he's like trying to play hardball, and then he, you know, he's being real rude, whatnot. Anyway, he kicks me off the job, and now I'm sitting here. I come home, and I don't even know what to say. You know, this is a man I've known for 25 years. He's a friend of the family. I don't even know how to tell my wife this. So I finally tell her, and she's like, what are you talking about? So my only recourse is to try and get some money back from this guy. Right now, I'm financially screwed. He's got all my money. 
I mean, I had been working this whole month, you know. So anyway, I think it's going to come down to court. When it comes down to court, I just plan on pulling in a couple subcontractors, a couple owners, and, uh, you know, say that you breached the contract, and I want to know what you thought about oral contracts because we basically have an oral contract. But he can't dispute it. I mean, he can't. And then he can't bring forth any evidence that says I was doing any work. Yeah, so it seems like a, a slam dunk on my end, but I wanted to, you know, hear if anybody else thought. Well, he could raise the fact that you, what? You know what I mean, what did I do? Yeah, no, I think the worst thing for him is he's going to have to prove that you were working for somebody else, which I'm guessing he will not be able to do. Yeah, there's no way. I, well, I wasn't. I, I, I wasn't. So, <clears throat> all right, well. Will you sending guys... him the letter asking him if he wants to dissolve the uh, partnership or whatever? So well, that, so that's evidence his, towards that there was a, a verbal contract. Right. And if he doesn't dispute your letter, then it kind of looks pretty bad on him. Yeah. So really, no matter what he says, when whatever, if he does write back or he doesn't write back, it's uh, it's gonna look bad for him either way. If he tries to say in the letter that we were never partners and I can prove in court with witnesses that we were, that's gonna look bad for him. Yeah. If he if he does admit to it, then obviously he's in the wrong because he's made a false accusation and uh, couldn't prove that I was doing anything to harm him or his property or his business or anything else. I wasn't doing it. Yeah, maybe he'll so, talk to a lawyer and the lawyer will tell him you might should just pay this instead of going to court. Well, yeah, and then that's the funny thing about it is he actually thinks his lawyer is going to help him when I drag him in there because, uh, you know, he's used to using lawyers, I guess. We all are. But in the court of record, he's, you know, I'm, he's going to have to talk. It's not going to be his lawyer doing the talking. It's going to be him. So uh, actually, that should be pretty shocking. Kind of like Carl's sister situation where the guy, sh- you know, husband showed up with a, a lawyer <laughs> he said I don't have a problem with the lawyer I got a problem with him so I just kind of thought of it as that situation type thing yep well, if anyone else got a question uh, let's hear it Well, would it be just as simple to take them to uh, small claims? I thought small claims you can only get up to five thousand. Well, in Ontario here, it's twenty-five thousand, but it's it's a lot lower in a lot of other places. Yeah, I believe California, where I'm at, is the uh, small claims is up to five thousand. Oh, I see. And no, I just... uh, the claim document that I saw online. 
it gives you a you know a box to check if you're over a certain dollar amount and the contract you know just the contractor's fee was uh almost a hundred thousand dollars so half of that is mine whether he's doing the project or not he he breached the contract you know what i mean and I, I was still willing to do the job. I'm still willing to do the job. But, uh, you know, he's a tough guy. He's literally clenching his fist and foaming at the mouth while he's talking. And I'm like, I'm going to punch this old guy. <laughs> so I just grabbed my tools and left. But uh, <clears throat> I really felt like he was in the wrong to a few people about it and they agreed so I wrote a letter well you're going about it the right way yeah Mike kind of when I first found the chat boards and the you know the talk to radio I called in and tried to argue with Mike about some stuff and he really let me know you know what I was doing was ridiculous and that I should pay attention and start listening. So I really saw the benefit the letter writing. Because it's doing a couple things for you. Giving you an option to actually remedy this outside of court and it's also building your case for you to show that you have constantly been in honor trying to remedy this. So now I'm just trying to get better at my letter writing. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the letter writing. Yeah, I, I can see the benefits in it big time. Uh, and just it's not only just writing the letters, the, the questions you ask that kind of make them corner themselves because either they don't or can't answer the question properly or uh, the answer they give you is just a runaround, which makes them look even worse because they're not answering your question. Yep. So I loved it. Once, once you get a grasp on it, you go, whoa, the power is in the pen and the paper before anything. It's just it's just kind of funny because they can't answer your question, so they have to put a whole bunch of extra words in there to dance around the question, or they're just trying to baffle you with bullshit or something. Yeah. But in putting so many extra words, that's what Carl talks about, in putting so many extra words in there, they set a whole bunch of brand new traps for themselves. You ask them one question, and then the letter they send you back, you can probably find 10 brand new questions to ask them. That's how ridiculous their letters are. You just pick the best one, maybe the best two. Right. I would use maybe the best two if they're very closely related, but I, w I don't mix two, two topics together. Like if yeah. I have... If I have enough time, I will uh, 
I won't ask them if I if they believe I owe a debt and how much is the debt and then verify the debt. I would just send them one question at a time, what debt? And then when they say the debt, then I just ask them one more question and then ask them to verify the debt. They're probably going to go away by that point. If not, send them a fourth letter. Just every letter you send them, it's another kick in the balls. They're going to fall down or run away eventually. But again, you don't always have the luxury of extra time depending on your situation. So if you got the time, I say drag it out as long as you can. Have fun with it. One letter at a time, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth till the cows come home. Writing a letter, sticking an envelope, putting a stamp on it, it's much better than going to court. We'll do that for a year straight. Every 10 days, send a new letter back. Who do I care? One stamp. So with Billy's case, he wants to get on with this, and he needs his money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not saying in his case, but, like, in the case, like, somebody's trying to... Okay, say it was the other guy coming after Billy for the money. Billy could just keep stalling him with letters back and forth. Just keep going letter back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Ask ask them a question, make them answer. Ask them another question, make them answer. Who's controlling who here, boys? I got the questions. Keep answering them or trying to or ignoring them. You pick. All right, that, that's a less pressing issue for me right now. That's just one of the 2015 dramas I get to go through. <laughs> the other one was uh, so funny. Yesterday I was listening to uh, a talk show with TJ Mars at noon, and some guy came and posted some stuff on our houses. And one of them was a 60-day notice for my brother to move, and the other one was a five-day notice for myself to move and uh, I was able to actually talk to TJ during this and I can't tell you how upset I was when I got these notices you know but I spoke to this man and he, he basically said just ask them how they believe you know you won't be caught harm by moving he goes, turn it around on them. Make them answer your questions. He goes, that's not a court order, right? I said, no. That it's just some attorney demanding I move out because I unlawfully moved into my own home. So I said, uh, okay. So we just turn it all around and make them answer questions. And he said, yeah, pretty much like that. So that's the more pressing issue is that these guys are trying to empty out the homes so when grandpa passes they can sell them all off like the trust says. But uh, nevertheless, this this attorney, I don't think he has the authority to do what he's doing. I mean, they can't just go kicking people out of homes. Pretty sure they can't. 
So what did they do? They they put a notice on? Yeah, well, there's uh, we have a weird situation on, on this particular property. It's like one big property with two houses, and we share one driveway. And so my mother lived in this home for years, and we rented out the other home for years. Well, recently my mother passed, and the tenant that was living there had moved away. So my brother and my daughter were living with my mother when she passed. You know, they were caring for her. She passed at home. And this house next door was empty for three months. They never filled it. So I moved in it, which I figure is going to be a little harder for them to sell if I'm living in it. Yeah. And so the other day, some uh, some guy shows up at the door. And my wife says, oh, no, the bank's here. They want to talk to you. I said, good, I've been waiting for these guys. Because, you know, they never answered my letters. I wrote that CEO a letter. He never answered it. Well, now this uh, property manager shows up and says, you know, the bank called and wants to know who's living here. And I said, my name's, you know, Bill Thompson. I'm the owner. I said, can I ask you why this property's been empty for three months? He's like, no, I don't know. And I explained to him that I wrote letters to the attorney, the vice president, the CEO, and I'm now speaking with the SVP manager, or whoever the hell she is. So two days later, I get a letter back from the CEO's correspondence, and it's this SVP manager, Susan. You know, she's breaking down the whole trust and the will and how it all goes. And they're basically saying, you know, when Grandpa dies, everything gets sold, and you guys all get a piece of it. And so I was getting ready to write her a letter back. And two days later, the, the dude shows up at my door and, and gives my brother a 60-day notice because he's been living here for, I don't know, my mom's been here for 10 years or whatever it's been, eight years. She's been fighting these pricks out of this home. And so he gives them a 60-day notice and puts a five-day notice on my door. A so five? I wrote him a letter. Huh? You got a five-day notice? Yeah, for uh, unlawful possession. And so I'm not even sure that's legal, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't really go by codes, but I'll be surprised if the code says they can do a five-day notice unless it's <laughs> some kind of strange situation. But Yeah, they're just trying to play hardball. Like I said, we're, we're the family. I've got court documents of the judge saying, you know, Mr. McLean allows his families to live in his homes, and he always have, and he always will. So this is on-the-record documents that I found when my mother used to go to court and uh, argue with these guys. So that's kind of my my little backdoor thing when they start saying, well, you're not even supposed to be in here. Well, according to the judge, you know, he believes the same thing my grandfather believes. So it's a little backdoor for me, but more importantly, I want to get this guy Harry on the hook. So he thinks he can just write us a letter and kick us out. And TJ Mars is like, that's not a order, that's an offer. Yeah. They conditionally accept it, provided he answers a few questions. And so that's what I did. And I even posted it today. I noticed you had looked at that, but uh, yeah, it's it's getting real close to where I'm going to have to file a claim against these people 
some, I'm going to have to pick one of them. At this point, i got so many signatures, I could go after all kinds of attorneys or the, uh, I don't even know who to go after at this point. There's so many, I never even heard of this, this attorney. I mean, the whole time, all of a sudden, it's just this new attorney that pops up and is trying to kick us out of our home. I'm like, who are you? So I don't know if you saw the second letter, but I basically asked him for his bond, uh, his oath of office, because I said it's, kind of disturbing that you would introduce yourself to me like this. So I want to make sure I know who you are. Do you think that's right to ask him for his oath of office and bond number? Um, I have never. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the idea of going after the oath and bond thing. Um, I don't know. I guess sometimes trying to put him back on his heels a little I guess and yeah I don't know some people some people do it I I'm guessing sometimes it works um I don't know if it always works but I don't know there's I my opinion there's usually better ways of handling it but might be something to throw in there well I did I just threw it in in the casual conversation and then I had put a couple You said that was questions. You said that was a lawyer? Yeah, it was a lawyer. He had wrote, you know, Harry Floyd, attorney for trustee for Citizens Bank. You know, he's just another fucking peon. Yeah, who gives a shit, yeah. Yeah, he's just another ding-dong coming in thinking he can throw a threat around. So I got a... A crown prosecutor might be a little bit different. I don't know if I would do it to a crown prosecutor. Uh like a district attorney or whatever, assistant DA, I guess it would probably be. But I would never, almost never, go for a, tell a judge that you demand to see his oath of office and his bond and all that stuff. That's some freaky shit right there. A little shithead lawyer, yeah, I probably wouldn't worry about it, but never do it to a judge. I would say at least almost never do it to a judge. Why don't yeah, you I just don't... write back, hi, this is Cheyenne, okay. from Pennsylvania. Why don't you just write back, I require a copy of the, of the court order, signed under seal, to vacate. And also write back, show I a copy of said contract with you and my yeah, my yeah. my bank as well as Fargo. Right. In the questions, the uh, one question I had asked him was to send me the verified contract, which gives him the authority to make such an offer. And another question I had for him was... uh, Not verified contract. Verifiable? Could be verifiable, yeah. How about verification? I have too many syllables. <laughs> Actually, they're probably the same. Yeah, they're the same amount of syllables, aren't they? I don't know. I like verifiable better. I don't know if it really matters. Yeah. I'd have to. I'd have to look so them well. up. So I'd I would. I would have to uh, look them up. Both words, I'd have to look them up side by side and see what they both mean. 
because I'm being harassed right now, and they just came out of the boil from of lawyers in Philadelphia, and they and they already been sued by a uh, another lawyer in Pittsburgh, and a lawyer in Pittsburgh won because everything they were putting out was false. So you might want to look into that. That was probably two years ago. You know what the case? Do you know what the case was called, or any of the lawyers' names, or? Uh, the case was Philip Pullman versus. I I don't recall what it was versus. What was the what was, uh, what was lawyer the from name? Philadelphia? What was the lawyer's name again? The first guy. P H E L A N. His his partner was H A L L I N A N. They are out of sixteen seventeen JFK Boulevard, Suite fourteen. Yes, <laughs> Suite fourteen, One Penn Central Plaza, Philadelphia, PA, one nine one zero three. And a guy from Philadelphia, a lawyer from Philadelphia, sued them. Oh, the reason he sued them is because secretaries were signing underneath their name. They were signing for them. And apparently he had a whole lot of docs that the signature was incorrect because they did not sign it. The secretary signed it. And at that time, I was going to... to um. Montgomery County, Chester County, just different counties. And I was just going through Wells Fargo, and I kept running across their names, and I would see their names were always different. Well, it turns out their secretary was signing for them. So you might want to go back into your own docs and see if the signature is the same, because 9 out of 10 it's not. And that's what's any lawyer. 9 out of 10 it's not. It's their secretaries or someone else signing for them. And you can get them on that. But anyhow, I just got another, I just got a letter from them. They came out of the blue telling me to, I'm in possession of the home and you have no rights. So get out. So that's my that's why I bottle in. Hopefully that helps anything, anyone. Go ahead, Mike. I'll mute out. Yeah, I say getting a copy of the contract's always a good idea. Yeah, I added that. Yes, I added the because um, you and I were talking about that. You said about um, I require a copy of the court order. And then I end up adding, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, show yeah. me the, the contract that you have with Wells. And that's my two sentences. That's it. But as far as someone coming by the house, no, I haven't had that. The only thing I had was the bank or so-called bank 
uh, a person who who did the um, which actually you can get this off of Craigslist. They hire, they pay you ten bucks per per uh, house or ten per picture. I forget which one it was, uh, but they end up hiring these people that go by and take pictures. Why well, I, I end up having last month or two months ago, I had this smart ass. He just thought he was just shit on shit. So I went down there with my camera and confronted him and asked him, basically, are you aware this is trespass? Because anyone who comes by your home who takes pictures, that is trespass. So I was giving him the law. He showed me this stack of papers. Philadelphia, I mean, it was everywhere. That he get, And it shows that you can do a drive-by or go up to the house and take pictures. So mine happened to be a drive-by. So I just gave him a fair warning that, do you understand this is, this is a form of trespass? So I talked to him for a little bit. He was still cocky. He left. Here I called him the other day. He drove by, and I mean, he was fast. He drove by, took two pictures, and flew. Nothing like what he used to do. He would stop, stand, take pictures on the phone. But if you can get down taking pictures, that is a form of trespass. And look into it. You can nail these guys. And I bet you five I bet you five out of five they got the job off the Craigslist. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, when they um when somebody comes and puts a sixty day notice on your door, what they're saying is we want you out within sixty days. <clears throat> And usually, I think most places, the way it works is at the end of the 60 days, if you're not in, if you're not out of there, then they're supposed to schedule a court date or give you another another warning. And if you don't follow the next warning and you don't go to court, then they're going to get a judgment against you, and then they're going to show up with uniforms and guns and drag you out. So a five-day notice is a little bit tough. But at the end of five days, if you're not out of there, I'm guessing they're either going to send cops to your door and they'll probably just tell you to leave. Or they might just send you another warning to leave. Or they might just set a court date. Yeah, wouldn't they have to have a hearing? I think they're supposed to, yes, but I don't know if they always do. What state is that guy from? What's that? I'm I'm in California. I would imagine they would have to have a hearing on every state, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I figured uh, I'm going to actually hand deliver this paper, this uh, note, letter, letter, tomorrow. I would 
I would go with somebody and get get somebody else to hand it to them. Right. Yeah. I can I can bring somebody with me, no problem. I don't even yeah, know if not, the office is open tomorrow. Yeah, not uh, not your wife, not your mom, not your brother, not no, your kid. I have a friend. I have a friend that can come. Yeah, that's good. A neighbor's good. A friend's good. Mike, how about uh, doing something with the sheriff? In sheriff something. Well, like give, giving, uh, sending a letter to the sheriff? Yeah. Um, maybe this is not uh, banded. Um, maybe something like this. This matter is being. Ended? This matter is being settled in private. Something like that. Uh, this this land is not uh, banded. Because that, that's huge. Because that's one of the reasons why they like to break down your door, and walk in and say, "Oh, it's a bandit." So send something or hand deliver something to the sheriff's department. This this home is not abandoned. Yep. Yeah, let them know it's not abandoned. If it's yours and you feel that you can sufficiently prove that it's yours, then claim it. It's mine. Or have or ha- how about having the, the questions back to the sheriff? Can you prove this is not a bandit? Can you prove it belongs to the bank? Can you prove? Uh, I I don't know if I would do it for that. I would say more like greetings, Bob, just to let you know in advance that uh, the house located at this address is not abandoned, and this matter is in the is currently in the process of being settled privately. Oh, that's good. Because that does work. Because I did that for my um, code folks um, to delay the um, hearing. And I got it delayed for six months. And basically, I just wrote to the court, this is being handled uh, administrative process in the private. I require more time, and I asked for six months, and they gave it to me. So that does work. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of little tricks to throw a big wrench in their plan, make them reschedule the court date or adjourn it or postpone it, whatever they call it around there, to stay. Well, they already got my 400 when they when they handcuffed me, so I still had to go back and get the 400, and then I want to do another 400. I'm not asking for a lot. Just they took 400, and I want another 400 back, so that's 800. I'll be happy with that. I'm not going for thousands or millions or any of that nonsense. Well, compensation. Right. It's not to punish them and it's not to profit from it. Compensation is just getting your money back. What you actually lost, what's true doing owing. Fair well, and the four hundred has also caused me harm. That's mm-hmm. that's not allowing me to put food on my table. 
Yeah, like if you step on my toe and I got to go see a doctor and I got to pay medical bills for my toe, you're going to pay the medical bills because you caused it. And if I missed, if I missed two months of work, then you're going to pay my wages for the two months of work that I missed. I'll think about that, Mike. I know it caused me a lot of stress. Well, any any out-of-pocket expenses, you're allowed to, you're supposed to get back. Fair and just compensation is to make you whole again. Kind of make it as close to like nothing happened as possible. Like you run over my bike, give me a bike of equal or greater value and we're even. They looked at those handcuffs when I said no, I didn't have the 400 bucks. That one guy, he whooped out those handcuffs fast and next thing you know, I was handcuffed. Locked into a freaking corner. Couldn't go anywhere. You should have just said something like, if I had the money on you, I would give it to you right now. Unfortunately, I don't have it, but I am no, willing. That wasn't working. But no. I am willing to make out a payment plan right here, right now. I said something about a pay- payment plan. Nope. Nope. Well, get get those words on paper. They wanted that full money, and that was it. Is it in writing that is it in writing that you offered to make a payment plan? No. You better put it in writing. He said it was already too late. Because of yeah, the bench. And then you know what? But listen, listen though, you're missing something huge. That didn't happen because it's not on paper. He did not refuse to let you make a payment plan because it's not on paper. So now you have to write a letter to him and say, greetings, Bob. Uh, On such and such a day, I offered to make a payment plan. You told me that I was not allowed to make a payment plan. Can you please explain to me why I was not allowed to, why, why my offer to pay was refused or was not accepted or something? That way now... But that way now it's on paper, in writing, signed, and sent to him. He's fully aware. And now it's a matter of, now you have an exhibit. Now it's evidence. Now it's documentation. The day you came to arrest me, I offered to pay. You wouldn't let me pay. And that's going to look really bad on him, and it's going to be in writing now. And now you can take that into court. And you can swear under penalty of perjury that it really happened and that document's true. That's going to be a bit of a problem for him. Well, he said no, and I should have already done that prior. But, but anyhow, with a bench bench warrant, how, do they, how, how does that work? Because I'm not familiar with criminal. Bench warrant? Just go and turn yourself in and get a new court date. How do you know that you have a bench warrant? I was not aware. So the cops came by, there's three of them. Write a letter and ask them, phone them up and ask them. 
send them an email if you have to. They already know where you live. If they want you, they're going to come get you. It doesn't really matter, but you may as well find out. Maybe email them and ask if there's anything on the record outstanding or something. Well, the last letter I sent was the one with, I know you um, work for the government, something something to that effect, and I know you don't wish to cause a man or a woman harm. Next thing I know, I had the cops at my door arresting me. For a bench warrant. So that was all new to me. And they were so worried if I had any guns on me, which they patted me down. They could say I didn't have any guns. And I was on the porch, nowhere to go. And they still acted like I was going to do something. Which was freaking funny to me. And they were going to have an arraignment, and it was going to be on camera with a judge. Yeah, I just dropped off and called back in. Um, So the bench warrant, what happened? What was the last little part? They had the, the bench warrant. They arrested me. Because I said no, I didn't have the four hundred bucks. So I was in the corner. I was on my front porch. The one well, how, did was, you, how did you the get one, the bench warrant in the first place? I don't know. I I'm not familiar with the bench warrant. I'm not familiar with criminal. You failed to go to court. No, they never summoned me to court. The only thing they were giving me was was. So you um, you didn't ask them for proof of a court date or anything? Any paperwork? You guys no, say I, I missed court? You guys don't have any proof that I missed court? No. No, I didn't do anything. The, the, the only thing I did was it was ask them, uh, I know you work for the government. I know you do not wish to cause a man or woman harm. And I think there was one more thing. Next thing you know, I had three offers. I I sent that out. And the next thing you know, I had three officers show up my door. I go out. They're basically asking me if I have 400 bucks. I said no. As soon as I said no, the one guy was happy handcuff man. And he like ran towards me and handcuffed me in and Another guy was behind him to make sure I didn't go anywhere. Where I, actually, I couldn't go anywhere. I was pinned in a freaking corner. Did you see the warrant? Yeah, I have a copy of the warrant. Just basically the judge is saying, go get her. He signed it? I signed that I gave him 400 bucks, yes. I thought you didn't have any money to pay him. No, I end up asking. I end up begging he, the. Um, he the came cop. to your house. 
he came to your house with a warrant. Right? I'm not, again, Mike, I'm not used to this. I've never had this. I've never been arrested. I've never been handcuffed like this. Hold on. The cops came to your door. Did they have an arrest warrant? They had a bench warrant. And you saw it? Yes. And it's signed by a judge? Yes. And did it say that you missed court? No. I don't know what else the bench warrant is for. I don't know either. I don't have it in front of me or I would read it to you. When I gave them that letter about the government not wishing to do harm, yeah, they all came. I don't know exactly how you wrote it. I don't know what the last line was, and I don't know exactly word for word what the first part was. I'm guessing you didn't ask if the warrant had a bond attached? Oh, it had nothing to do with the warrant. I just end up, the last letter I wrote, I just end up asking for six months. And they gave it to me. It's a non-traffic citation. Which means that they were just asking me to move some stuff off my land. I know other people will. It's a fake seal. Just a copy of a seal. It is a, um, I did plead non-guilty, and it's rubber stamped of the judge. Okay, here's the bench warrant. You are commanded to take the defendant, my name, into custody. When the defendant is taken into custody, either accept a signed guilty plea or the full amount of the fine and cost. Accept a signed non-guilty and full amount of the cost. C. Accept the amount of the restitution, fine, and cost, and a plea guilty or conviction. If unable to pay, promptly take the defendant for a hearing on the bench warrant. Balance must be paid in full. That's it, Mike. Signed by the judge. Rubber stamped.
then the cops filled out, the defendant found the date, uh, they accepted the cost and fine, and the cop signature, same thing. Nothing about me coming in. I know you and I spoke about that before. Just a warrant control number. Same thing. Summary trial notice. No date. I don't know. I. It, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. I don't really know what's going on. Same thing. So the last thing I put was, um, oh, here's what I put prior to this, and that's when they came out and got me. I believe the government does not want to cause harm. You are harming I, a woman, a financial loss. That's what I put. Next thing you know, they came out with handcuffs. No hearing, no nothing. So the the last thing I end up putting in was to extend the case, or the, um, extend the, um, yeah, extend the case till, uh, six months, which came out to April, and they did. Well, it's April the 17th, I believe. So, before they came to your house, and before you sent that letter to them, did they send you a letter, or did you send a letter to them before that? I told you I sent that letter that uh, I I know the government does not want to call us home. Yeah, that's what I said before that letter. Um, I think I did one more part of that one. Show me the law, show me the code, or show me something which... I forget how I worded it, but... Um, yeah, see, without knowing exactly what you wrote and exactly what they wrote, there, there's a lot of stuff missing. I don't quite get it. It doesn't make sense. They never wrote back to me. And I, I only wrote that to Ron, which you told me to write. And I only wrote that to Ron, and he never wrote back to me. I kept it in the private. What was the original fine for? Pardon? What was the original fine for? The ticket. My my uh, roommate or tenant has um, a bunch of carports or vendors and shit like that out here. So Ron and Deb came by and asked me to to remove it. And also, they were going to give me a fine. 
But it also seems weird that they came out to your house to arrest you over a fine, a $400 fine. You think? Exactly. That's what I said. I guess they wanted their 400 bucks. Ron and Deb are just the code people. And then it went into court. And I tried to keep it private. But anyhow, they they put it right, right into the court. And next thing you know, cops are here, three cops arresting me for the 400 bucks. So I think I did right by moving it for six months because that also stops them, correct? Uh, yeah. The code folks, Deb and Ron, that that stops them from constantly coming by, right? I think so, yeah. If it's already a pending case, they can't go and... um, Yeah, I don't think they can do anything until after court. Okay, cool. So I did right. And all I did was write to the judge. I would like to handle handle this in the private side and uh, on, uh, on the administrative side in private, something to that effect. One, two sentences, and that was it. Yeah, again, I, I don't know what you wrote, so it's kind of impossible for me to to really comment because I don't really know what went on back and forth. Well, that was just one thing to the judge. He had a, a a hearing set, and I wasn't ready, so I just wrote back in to the judge. I'm working on the administrative side. May I have six months? And he apparently he said yes and gave me six months. Actually, I even called in and the secretary said, yeah, I'll have that out. But first I have to go home and go on my computer to find the six months. because We don't have the six months here. So he had, she had to go on the go home and look up twenty fifteen of April. She only had twenty fourteen. So is there a lawyer for the other side? I have to yet find that solicitor and then start working with him. I I think I know who it is. And I did in the past hire his son. So that could be a conflict of interest. What was that? I said that could be a conflict of interest. 
No, I didn't hear what you said before that. Oh, I think I know who it is. It's a retired lawyer. But in the past, I have hired his son. So that could be a conflict of interest. Yeah, maybe. Because I know before I had problems with one of my neighbors, and I ended up calling up Dan. He says, no, I can't take it because it's a conflict of interest because of my dad. So if it is, then what do I do? They'll probably just get somebody else. Yeah, I got to get working. I have a few more letters to send out in jail, but that's next. I got to get working on that. So who's the one that signed the original complaint? Uh, Ron. I Ron, think I, and I, I was surprised that Debbie didn't have anything to do with it. It was just I Ron. Would be writing, I would be writing letters to Ron, settling in I'd pride. already done that, and well, he doesn't he doesn't write me back. Good. Keep writing to him. Now he's in dishonor. Be super nice to him. Keep I've asking done. him questions. Exactly. Very, very sweet, polite grandma questions. I did that. Was not rude. Kept it short and sweet. That's good that you did that, but I'm saying keep doing it. Do it like crazy. Send him a letter, and on the 11th or 12th day, send him a second letter, and then another 11 or 12 days after that, send him another letter. One question every letter. Different question every time. I've done that like five times. Okay, well, keep doing it. Do it right up until right up until two days before court. What the hell? Send them on the day of court. Walk in with one in your hand. Hand it to them. Greetings, Bob. What evidence do you have of this? Greetings, Bob. Blah blah blah. But I would, I think I would just be trying to settle. Like not grilling them for this, grilling them for that, just I like reading Bob, how do, how do we, how do we fix this? <laughs> I would be happy to get my $400 back. But the thing is you paid your $400 and you still stand the chance of getting walloped in court. Right. If you win in court, you maybe will get your $400 back. But I would try and avoid court. If it means losing 400 bucks, might be a good idea to bite the bullet and just settle with them out of court. Well, the thing of it is, once court comes and goes, they're going to come back and give me another citation. 
How do you know that? I just know them. And I think the citation will be a lot higher. Listen to you all full of presumption. They're pricks like that. Yeah, well, that's because you ain't shut them down yet. Well, but if you're polite and honorable and respectful and you use your brain and you kick them in the ass when they're not looking, you go to court and you completely win. Yeah, it might piss them off, but they might not want to be messing with you again. I know if I took somebody to court and they kicked my ass, I'd be thinking before I dragged them back into court. Well, also the thing is, I have a no trust posted, $10,000 per entry. And for some reason, these people just don't seem to care about that or don't see it. And I have it posted many different places on my driveway. I mean, you can see it, but they act like they don't even see it. Well, they're probably thinking no judge is going to ever award anybody $10,000 for stepping on their property. Yeah, until the sleepies woke up. What's that? Until the sleepies woke up. I didn't hear that. Until the sleepies woke up. Yeah, they they just think they can go anywhere, the cops and whatnot. They think yeah, they can do go you, anywhere. Do you think a judge is going to order them to pay you $10,000 for walking well, on your property? Well, why not? It's posted. I don't think, I don't think it's going to happen. I never pushed it because it's my local cops. And I don't want to stir shit where I live. Hey, can I chime in on this? Sure. This is, this is Billy. Hi, Billy. The other day I was uh, on the call with another guy, and he pointed out that if someone is harassing you, you send them a letter, and you tell them that if they continue the harassment, that you will allow it, but you're going to charge X amount per day. And so when you get to court, you're not suing the person, you're suing for the bill that is owed. That makes sense. So what you're doing is, it sounds to me like you're just being harassed. And so writing the letter and stating, look guys, I'm willing to remedy this today. You guys obviously want to keep harassing me. That's fine. I'm willing to put up with your harassment for $400 a day. Something like that. So that when it does come time to go to court, you actually submit a bill for every day it's continued and you're suing for the bill because you put up with the harassment. Does that make sense to anyone? Yeah, it makes sense. I think it might be good in some situations. I don't know if it'd be good for all situations. How much, what, okay, say you go to court and they find you guilty, what's the maximum or what are they, what are they asking for in court? 
Where'd you go? What was her name? Cheyenne. Cheyenne? Hold on, yeah. I had you on mute, and I had to speak her. What, if you are, do you know what they're asking for in court? Like, are they saying we're dragging you to court and we're gonna we're gonna make you pay a thousand or five thousand dollars or something? The citation, non-citation, was four hundred bucks. That was just basically to get the rubbish off of my land and the cars off my land. But you didn't you say you paid the four hundred bucks? Yes. When they after when. They asked me if I had it. I said no. And next thing you know, this one guy was handcuffed happy. Okay, but you had a $400 fine. They came to pick you up. You paid the fine. Now you're going to court. What do they want in court? Because I pleaded non-guilty. So I guess we're going to have a hearing of the nine citation. But what do they want? Did they did they send you something saying maximum fine fifteen years to life in prison? Did they say maximum fine? Up no, they to just said no. The, the two citations was rubbish. You look up rubbish, that could be mean in two different. Listen, listen. Words. I don't give a shit what the fine was for. I want to know what they're what they're expecting to get from you in court. For me to like, remove everything off my land. Or what? You didn't take everything off the land. Correct. It's your land. Correct. But that's what they want. Who is they? The code folks. Okay, Joe but, at times. Joe okay, at okay, times. Listen, he will find. Listen, I'll make, listen, I'll make this Joe at times. He'll find stuff off of 76, 422, whatever, and he'll pick it up because he knows he can make money. So he'll leave it here and make little piles, light metal, heavy metal, whatever the case is. We can sit there and go through this whole story again. It's all irrelevant. But they're taking you to court to punish you. What is the punishment? To remove all of it's no, the punishment it. the punishment is not to remove it. They're ordering you to remove it or else. And you took the or else. And now they're taking you to court and they're going to hammer you again, more fines or something. They're going to they're taking you to court to penalize you. I want to know what the penalty is. I don't know, Mike. So what is the maximum in the code? I don't know, Mike. I guess whatever whatever they want to. Oh, it's oh I'm not, sorry. It's, it's, it's up, they want I'm to. sorry. No, Mike. Mike. It's up to $1,000. I don't know if that's per day, per hour, per whatever it is. Who gives a up shit? Up to $1,000. It's your property. Look, if you want to make a trash pile, go down to the building department and pay a uh, probably a $20 for a permit fee to do demolition at your house, okay? 
And when you do demolition, you're allowed to make a trash pile until your pile is sufficient for you to call a trash bin. Now, how long that demo permit stays open for is up to you. You can renew it every year. So it's your property is what I keep hearing. And if it's your property and you have your property on your property, who gives a shit? Yeah, but didn't you hear that one guy that came on one of the calls? And he was he had a um, barrel burning for food. He was making hot dogs or hamburgers, yeah. whatever the case was. Yeah, but I remember his whole neighborhood used to come around and barbecue when the city would come and try and throw him out. So he was doing some other shit is what I understood, is that he was kind of pissing everybody off. Yep. So I, I'm not sure what that scenario was, but my, my point is if you have, you know, excess cars or whatever the fuck you got on your property and somebody doesn't like it because it's an eyesore, go down to your building department. Say, I need to pull a demo permit. I'm going to be uh, doing some demo at my house. There's some shit I want to remove, and then I have to call a trash bin out. So, you know, give me a demo permit. You don't need any plans or permit. You don't need anything. Just go down and get a demo permit. There's a lot of trash in my fucking house, and I want to get rid of it. And I want to have a bin be able to park onto my property so I can throw it away. Now, that demo permit, most permits, I'm not sure what you are, but most permits are one year. Now, if you want to renew the permit, you pay the same fee. A demo permit to remove trash probably going to cost you in the city about it's going to be under $100. Now, you can leave as much trash as you want in a pile for as long as you want, and nobody can say shit because you have a permit to have that shit in front of your house. That's one way of going about it. The other way is, you know, the Carl Lentz way is uh, I, a woman, say, fuck you, it's my property. You have a vested interest in my property. Can you tell me what I can do and what I cannot do on my property? So, you know, you have many ways to approach this, but the worst way is to accept it and pay the fee and be like, here's my money, I did something wrong, because you didn't. I'm not sure what's on your property. Can we hear what 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 is it that's on your property that they're... No, it's uh, just so cars, cars and um, different piles of uh, junk metal. Yeah, and just for the record, in case that's what you're saying, I never said to pay the fine, and I never said any of that. No, and, and I wouldn't say you said that, Mike. I'm just saying. I would say Mike like said that on, on and for the record. Ha ha, Mike. No, but you know what I'm saying is I thought I had heard that you paid the $400 bill, which is basically. Because they had me handcuffed. Okay, I get that. <laughs> You took that order. And they were going to haul me to haul me away, and I asked the, the uh, officer, can you please get my son, see if he has it. First, he didn't want to. Honey, you did the right and thing. You paid the money did. and you got out. But now, right. you, get, you get to take a stand and say, hey, look, guys, here's my permit to have all my shit on my lawn. Is there any other questions? Cost you 20 bucks. I that never thought about that. That will shut everybody else down in the neighborhood that wants to file a complaint. Now, if you want to go back after your $400, you have time. 
and you have no more people complaining because you have a permit to have all that junk that you're getting ready to throw away in the next year or two or five or ten or whatever you decide to because you pay your building department fee. Just just call up your building department and say, hey, I have some trash. I want to put a 40-yard bin on my uh, on my yard and, and, and haul it away. What does it cost to have a demo permit and how long does the permit last for? Just, just check it out. It's a, it's a quick, easy way to shut the whole that's neighborhood still up. That's still with the same chick. But, yeah, that's, a, that's good info. Thank you. Yeah, you just kind of shut the whole neighborhood up that they can no longer complain about the trash in your yard. And then now, whoever the individual was that came over and pressed charges or I don't know how you went to jail, uh, I'm not 100% sure, but this gives you a no, little bit of time to write your letters and to keep your property on your property without... Uh, at a low cost. They said that you could see it from the road, which you can see it from the road. Who gives a shit? Yeah, he, he. to be honest, he came up with a very clever plan. I think I would do it because are you trying to tell me that you can't have a dumpster when you're dum- when you're doing renovations at your house visible from exactly. the road? Exactly. If you have... If you have a, a pile of garbage that's not quite big enough for a dumpster, you make your pile a little bigger for a few days until you got enough stuff there, and then you get the dumpster, you throw it all in the dumpster. Exactly. The point is, when you go back to court, if you haven't had an opportunity to settle on the private side because he won't settle, now you've got all your exhibits, all your letters as proof that you tried to settle privately, You've asked him a few questions that he cannot answer, which makes him look bad, and he's in dishonor. All the letters that he didn't send you back, he didn't answer. He's in dishonor. And on top of all of that, you say, I did the best I could do, and apparently it wasn't good enough. I apologize. I went out, and I got a license, and I got a blah, blah, blah. I'm all legit now. I, as soon as I found out a solution to the problem, I solved the problem. And now there's nothing wrong. You've already corrected the situation as well. Now you look golden the whole way through. Right. Yeah. Hey, the Cheyenne. Letter. The letter. Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Yes. Uh. Is there a way you can put a fence in front of this, uh, whatever you have there, your recyclables? Just to block yeah, it from being seen on the street? Right, right. But the thing of it is I have a long driveway, so it depends on what angle you're looking in. You can see the, his little piles of iron. That's all it is. But you see can my you? neighbors... They draw drive Mercedes and Jags and whatnot, but the one down from my driveway, he's a prick. He mows his grass well, three well, we or four times a week. Okay, okay. We we don't need all those details. I'm just <laughs> saying if you could put a fence to cover it from being seen on the street, somehow three or four sections of fence in front of the pile so that it cannot be seen from the street. Yes. The other option, instead of the dumpster and all that, is uh, get one of those uh, carports that has, like, a tarp over it. Set it up and throw your stuff inside there. 
Hey, Vital, but, another option for her is to go down to file. I know we don't like to do this, but I'm going to say it anyway. She can do a bi- doing business as DBA for any sort of uh, artwork at her home and that she uses this scrap material for artwork. No, she don't need to do a DBA. She can just say I'm an artist and this is stuff that I'm going to be used to do art. The, right. the, the, uh, there's a million ways to slice this thing. A million ways to cut these people up. Yep. But uh, but, but the the, the uh, right now that she's you know I mean she's got six months, but a, a simple way if they're just worried about seeing it from the street, just put a barrier in front of it so it's not seen from the street. You know, uh, you can easily put up a fence with like uh, pipes driven into the ground and uh, a tarp cut at four feet or five feet tall and tie it to that, those stakes or whatever you put there and, uh, and just, you know, hide it. Uh, the, the most, you know, the, a, better, a more manageable way is uh, that portable carport that I'm telling you about. If you can, do all three. Put up a fence, get a carport, um, apply for the license. I wouldn't apply for any license, but you know, I, I'm not you. getting a license because oh, I'm trying to get out the demo system. permit. I would go get the demo permit. That 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 right there. Every homeowner is allowed to do renovations to Type Five while out here in California. Type yeah, yeah everybody's allowed to do that, and you can do that. Yeah, but I, I would I wouldn't be going to get a permit from them. Up, you're allowed to do that as well. Yeah, yeah, we, well, we heard that. If, but, if you do but, the demo, if you do the demo. Wouldn't they want to come in the house and see to see what you did to see if they absolutely need not enough? absolutely not those inspectors while out here they are not even allowed to come onto the property without asking for permission and secondly well, they are only allowed to look at the scope of work they are there to look at and, well, here's say, the and also that happens by agreement if you tell them uh, no way unless you go get a warrant then they can't force you to to Go see other parts cannot, of the house. If whatever. you're not doing demo in your home, it cannot come in your home. <clears throat> but I wouldn't. I wouldn't go get a demo permit. I mean, how much stuff do you have there? Only a little Enough bit. to piss off the neighbors. Can you put it? Yeah. Can you put? I mean, but there's neighbors that get pissed off by anything. You don't call your grass right. every week. They get pissed off. Like so, I said, uh, my neighbor mows his grass three times a week. He rakes it and mows it. Okay. And you can, nobody gives a shit about your neighbor's lawn. Can you drag this stuff behind the house or somewhere else where it's not seen from the street in a corner or up against a fence, whatever? I mean, you have to be uh, innovative. Right. Like they, they told you flat out that it's visible from the street. There's your, there's your tip-off. That's a huge, a huge problem. And yep. a possible solution. Yeah, just hide it. I was like that's do that one good thing about those carports is you can put a bunch of stuff in the carport, and you can have a bunch of stuff hidden behind the carport. Exactly. Where you can't see it from the street. Position okay. it in a way that it gives you the most bang for your buck, and, uh, well, and the prevent problems a, in the future. I even have a wood pile next to my driveway, and that's all covered up, and they claimed that that was all car parts and everything else. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're in a fishing expedition, but the thing is, you already allowed them to take a foothold 
Now you have to kind of get them off your back, and then in the future, don't allow them to get a foothold. I asked them to leave. I told them that they were trespassed. I also told them to work for the government, and you are only a private corporation. Deb said, yes, yes. I said, please leave now. Video it. Yeah, I didn't. I was caught, caught off guard, and I didn't. Well, now you're you're in it. Uh, the other thing that Mike was trying to get to earlier, and uh, you, you weren't giving what he needed, what are you being charged with in court? Non-citation, two two tickets each, or two hundred apiece. But you're that. One is they're calling rubbish. And the other one is they're calling iron that is unhealthy. But that is not a charge. I'm charging you with iron. I'm charging you with rubbish. I'm charging you with wood. Well, and rubbish is, is trash, and we have no trash laying out here. Hey, but what is, what is it? Unlawful possession of trash, possession of stolen trash, Violation like of selling trash to the neighbors, dumping trash in, like... Trash is not a charge. It's a violation but, of some ordinance, right? Right, because uh, they also informed me that every resident has to have a trash pickup. Do you, tell them, you're not, do you tell them you're not a resident? Yes. But even before that, what is but the But the shit I have out here is not trash. that You can just throw it's, in a trash can for the trash truck to come and pick up. What is the charge? I just told you, Mike. No, you didn't. You said trash, and you said rubbish. No, they're not she, charging. She, she said something about citation two hundred and another citation for two hundred. Right. One so is what for iron. One no, is for iron. You are not charged with iron. You're That's charged with improper. You're charged with improper storage or selling rubbish to the neighbors or dumping rubbish in a lake. Rubbish isn't a charge. Were you, did you have too much rubbish? Did you have rubbish visible from the street? Did you have rubbish overhanging the neighbor's yard? Rubbish is trash. I have no trash. Yes, big deal. I have trash. I'm looking at a trash can right now. I didn't get charged with trash. You didn't get charged with trash. You got charged with having too much of it or having it too close to the street or having a big rat's nest and it's a problem for disease in the neighborhood. I think you just said it. They put health issues. I I think you just said it. uh, Make them prove that that is trash on your property. They They called it rubbish. And he also told me that every resident has to have a trash, uh, uh, trash truck, which and I don't have a trash truck. And you do for your rubbish, but the other stuff is your property. It's not your rubbish. Make them prove it's all, it. It's all property. Okay, one is it, for the motor, motor vehicles. Yeah, what does it say about motor and, vehicles? And the other one, other one no, is... No, 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 no. Go back to the motor vehicles. And or garbage 
as a nuisance and public health risk. There you go. So now they're saying it's unsafe because they're rats' nests and the rats are going to get the black plague and bite the neighbors and everyone's going to die. Okay, the other one is inoperative unlicensed motor vehicle and vehicles in a state of major dissimilarity. That's what they both are. Okay, go back to the... um what was the one about the cars again? I kind of missed the first part a bit. Improper storage of vehicles, or what was it? Motor vehicles and vehicles in a state of major disassembly. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah, that is retarded. That, I can't fucking believe somebody can look on your property and say, your car is in a state of disassembly. Get it out of there. What? Yeah, I don't know if I, uh, if my papers are thrown into my glove box and it's a big mess in my glove box, is my car in a state of disassembly? Absolutely. And I'm going to charge you for that. What if I got a McDonald's bag and a McDonald's cup sitting on the front floor of my car? I guess that would be a bit of... A bit of disassembly. That's a $40 fine. Shit, I hope they don't look in my trunk. That's a little bit of a disassembly. Yeah. Crazy. I think you have many grounds to attack this, Shannon. And, uh, I mean, just well, go back I, and listen I, to this call, and you got 10 different ways to shut these people down. You have not well, done anything I also, wrong. I also went into Pennsylvania code, and prior I already did this prior because I was trying to get off the system as far as driver's license tags, registration. So I was a little bit f- familiar, familiar. Um, but you don't have to have, if you have, I don't care, fifty cars, twenty cars, two cars in in the back of your property or in your or in your driveway. Bottom line, they don't need to be tagged. Your vehicle that you drive does not need to be tagged. That's right. Period. It's in your driveway. It's no, on your you take property. One, no, you take your one that you drive every day. You can take it out in the road. It does not need to be tagged nor registered, nor do you have to have a driver's license. But you're going to have to their code. problems. Pardon? You're going to have to expect problems. Well, I'm just saying it's all in their code. Yeah. But just just because it's in their codes, it doesn't mean you're going to get away with it without any worries, any problems, without ever talking. Oh, correct. You're going to have to do a lot of paperwork and send it to different departments, et cetera, yes. I agree with that. You... So you don't have problems. So you're not being hauled off in jail. Mm-hmm. And also have the same paperwork in your vehicle that when they do pull you over, there you go, dude. Look at it. Let me go. See ya. But if you live in some city where the cops have a reputation of being serious dicks, 
even if you do send the letters to the Secretary of State, the DMV, the local police, the sheriff, everybody you can think of, it still doesn't mean you won't find find one meathead rookie cop that doesn't care what your paperwork says and he's going to be an asshole anyway. Well, that that could be California. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be aware that that still may happen, mm-hmm. and obviously you gotta make sure you're calm and polite and honorable when the cops do pull you over because you don't have a tag, because they're gonna be looking for a reason to bust you if you're being an asshole. Correct. I agree with that. But make also make sure you have your fee schedule as well. Not mm. saying you're gonna get it, but have one attached to those papers. Yeah, as far as the quote right to travel, I'm not so sure I'm big on whipping out a fee schedule on the side of the road. I would would definitely send a fee schedule to the Secretary of State, but that would definitely not be my first letter to the guy or girl. Right. I would send a couple nice letters, ask a couple nice questions, and then when you're all ready to send your letters out, I would maybe I would send the Secretary of State a fee schedule. Now that you're all buddy buddy with them and you have an understanding, it's kind of an after, just so you know. Here's here's the menu. Order what you wish. But I wouldn't be, I would even maybe send one to the sheriff if you were buddy-buddy with him. But as far as the side of the road, I don't think I would ever pull a fee schedule out and hand it to a cop. Oh, no, I'm saying with other paperwork. Not just the fee schedule, hell no, that's asking you for trouble. No, even like the page. I would that give them some see. paperwork. I would give them some paperwork, but I would definitely not give them a fee schedule, not the cop. I would for the last paperwork they would see. <laughs> You're a graduate from the Eddie School, Eddie Craig School of Don't Tase Me, bro. Ha ha ha. Hey, I heard today uh a guy got pulled over and the cop asked for his ID, and he handed him a card that said, I give myself the right to travel. So the cop went back and called whoever he called, and I guess his chief or whoever told him, hey, just tell that guy to have a nice day. Right. I was thinking about that. I was like, man, that's kind of cool. You just hand the cop something that says, I give myself the right to travel. But see, you know what happens there. There's another guy that just came back on YouTube, and he shows you about a uh, DUI stop. You know, how they have you lined up, and you talk to an officer and shit like that. And he also had other people do it as well, and they were also taping it. But he only had one piece of paper. Don't ask me what it was. He had some just different things on it. Bottom was his driver's license. And he just gave a description, or I don't even know what it is. It is online. You can download it and make it for your own state. He shows that the cop reads it. He gives it through the window when he has a crack. And he gives it to um, the officer. The officer reads it. 
Have a nice day. And then his other buddies did it as well. Have a nice day. And I do not have the link in front of me to show you that. Shit. My my guess is how that all happened was that guy put some paperwork in already. So the cop pulled him over. He gave the cop paperwork. The cop went no. to his radio, no. called his boss. No, and then no. His... He was taping the cop the whole time. The cop read the paperwork and told him to have a nice day. It was one page. No. He didn't, uh, he didn't do, I don't know what he did prior, but I this was, was, a, this was a DUI stop. Before. This was a DUI stop. He had it all on tape. What the cop did, what he did, and then he had a few of his buddies do the same thing, and it was also on tape. I was talking about when the cop went to talk to his boss, and his boss told him to have a nice day. Okay. I bet you what happened was the cop pulled him over, the guy gave the cop his paperwork, the cop went and called his boss, and his boss already had paperwork from that guy and knew who that guy was. He already had an understanding, he was already buddy-buddy with the chief. And so the guy called the chief, or probably called his sergeant or whatever, and the chief gave the sergeant a memo. Yeah, tell your boys to back off this guy. He's got paperwork in. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about, Mike, was I've heard a lot of stuff about the recording a fee schedule with the county recorder or the sheriff or whoever, all three, ten, whoever you decide to record it with, so that when you do actually get into the system for whatever reason, they already have knowledge that Yep. You're going to yeah, hard to contract with them. Yeah, this guy, uh, this guy didn't just throw his plates away and drive away with his finger in the air. He actually wrote proper letters. He did his research. He knows what's going on. He let us. He gave us full warning for full, like full heads up. This is what well, I'm, I'm doing. I'm not sure, Mike. I'm not sure he did all that. I just got the end result, which was the the story I heard was. The cop asked, can I see your ID and driver's license, or uh, insurance? And the guy just looked at him. And then the cop asked again, can I have your driver's license and insurance? And the guy just looked at him. Yeah, I'm not saying that guy did everything. Well, yeah, but but that's what I'm saying is, do you, I want to ask you, do you believe that this is something we should do? Because I've considered it, and I don't know if it's necessary. So I just haven't. Meaning, what I want to do is, is, is write a letter and go record it. I've heard to copyright your name. I've heard all kinds of stuff. Go. I've seen these uh, free man lists where if they ask for blood samples or, you know, a saliva swab, I mean, they're charging $25,000 and stuff. Like, it just seems crazy, but maybe not. Are people actually doing this? Are people actually copywriting their name, going out and saying, uh, I'm in charge of my person, I'm the beneficiary to my person, I have copyrights to the name? 
if you want to contract with me, you can look up record number blah, 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 blah. I mean, is this, are people really doing this? I don't know. I personally would never do it that way. I, I'm guessing maybe sometimes it works. I'm guessing a lot of times it doesn't. It seems kind of weird. I don't know. Like, it just seems, yeah, it seems kind of strange how the government can create a legal entity and now you're going to copyright that legal entity, which is already copyrighted. Exactly. So I'm going to go in and claim a certificate that they came up with. Like, no, that's not me. I'm just Billy. I'm just a man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know okay. if, you, if you were to do that whole bit where you send uh, the letter and everything to Secretary of State, send one to the sheriff, send one to your local cop shop or whatever, anybody, maybe the county recorder, I don't know who else might be interested in something like that, maybe let them know down at the DMV, maybe ask the DMV a couple questions, A man, find a man or woman there, send a couple questions to them back and forth whatever get all buddy buddy with them like put them on notice of something if you think of something they need to be put on notice of all right and that way if anything does happen just say hey man i warned everybody and their freaking dog what was going on i asked everybody it was cool with everybody and then i let everybody know i was doing it yeah i don't see what the problem is now that makes sense mike what i'm saying is when, when I hear these people say what they're doing, it sounds like to me that they're only recording it with the county recorder. And then yeah. when they submit their documents, they say refer to uh, county record, blah, 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 blah. But what you're suggesting is basically putting fucking everyone on notice. Hey, look, guys, hey, I'm not I'm trying to hide nothing. This is me. This is yeah. my charge. And, uh, However, there is a problem. You go, look, I didn't only notify that guy. I notified five other guys that this is how I operate. Well, here's another good thing, too, is that how's Bob, the local cop, going to say he didn't know? Because his boss knew. How is the deputy sheriff going to say he didn't know? Because his boss knew. How is the attorney general's I don't know, the DAs or the assistant district attorneys or the lawyers they got working were for answering cop questions. If everybody is aware of it, there's nobody that can get away and say they didn't know. You've crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's. You got everything covered. Everybody knows. Not one of you can say that you weren't made aware of all this. Yeah, and so just how can you hold me liable? How can you hold me liable if I told you that if you ask for my ID, I require a thousand dollars or whatever you put? Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't even say any of that. I would just say, just you guys see me coming, like wave to me and let me go. Like don't don't be pulling me over. If you right. pull me over, just so you know, like I get paid for what I do. You guys want me to order me around? Fine, I'll take your orders, but here's the menu. You you decide. Here's the menu. 
That's the best. If you guys want me to produce a state license, I have one here somewhere, but it, just so you know, it belongs to the state. Your boys order me to show them a driver's license. I'll show them your driver's license. Yeah. But just so you know, if I'm ordered to show it and I show it, you're paying. You guys want me to get out of the car? Uh, on my driver's license, it doesn't say the, the property of California or the state of... It doesn't... It just... It shows that it's mine. Go on the DMV website. How does it show it's yours? You didn't create it. No, no, no. I understand this, Mike. I, I'm just saying I've heard on some of the top shoes where they say on... It just looks on the back of it. It says this. and Some of them do. I, I, every state's different, right? Driver's license are state issues. Right. Right. Go on the uh, so, go on the I website. I guess it's theirs, but uh, it didn't say that on mine. And then I went to my live birth certificate, where it was supposed to say some other shit, and it didn't say it. And I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. I didn't create these documents either. You know, mm-hmm. created by somebody else. But nevertheless, they didn't say what people had said they were going to say on there. Some states, so, I, I I can almost guarantee you, some states do. But maybe people are catching on to that. Let me see your driver's license. It's not mine. It belongs to the state. Damn it. we got to take that off the driver's license. Yeah. Well, in California, they're, uh, no, you can go on YouTube and see how they are out here. They're pretty cool. They like They treat you like a king, is what we like to say. <laughs> But uh, Pennsylvania, they end up changing everything on ours, and they also change the back. But it does state if you are a resident and if it is endorsed. And it was one more thing; I forget what it was. But they updated theirs, I guess, because everyone waking up and hey, look in the back. And it did years ago. It did say whatever these people were saying. But again, like I said, in Pennsylvania, they end up up redoing theirs. But on the back, it just says endorsed resident and something else. So basically, if the cop flips it, he can see that it was endorsed. He can see that you are a resident. Trying to pull more. Hey, Mike, I got it. I got a question for you. Yep. So, okay, so these these uh, driving codes, okay, so everything I hear, I like to go research because that's what they say to do. So, anyway, one of the things Carl said was shall. I shall have a driver's license. I shall get insurance. I shall do all yep. kinds of shit. Some, sometime okay, in the so, future, I shall. That's right. So, I guess my question is, is that really a fucking valid argument? Can I literally walk into court and say, I have done everything the code said. I shall. I mean, really? Are they going to buy that shit? Well, because it sounds good. It's like, look, I build sounds, stuff. When they send me a document and they say build it this way and I build it in the field, it looks good on paper, but when you build it in the field, it doesn't work. So what I'm saying is, that's a great argument. 
that sometime in the future I shall have this. And all and I went and researched it and son of a bitch, all of our codes say that. Shall, 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 every fucking where. But if I literally stood in front of a judge and said, Can you show me the law? and he read shall and I literally said to him, Right, so I shall in the future I mean, is that really gonna work? Well, if if I'm your dad, is what I'm saying. If I'm your dad, and I say you will go outside and wash my car, and you say, "Yeah, I will," and then what? I'm gonna come an hour later and say you said that you were gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. You I sound like I a mouthy. You sound like a mouthy teenager, but that's what's going on. You said you will. Yes, I said I will. Oh, you said you were going to do it. Yeah, and I'm going to do it. So it's the same. So, yeah, that's 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 what shall means. One day in the future, I will do it. Right. Okay. So it is a valid okay. argument, but say the code says something like all motor vehicle operators or whatever must shall possess a valid driver's license. Okay. That's pretty much verbatim what it says. But, okay, motor vehicle. Okay, define define motor. Define vehicle. Define motor vehicle. What all those words mean. And then operator. Okay, well, let's look up the word operator. And then shall and then the right. word valid and uh oh now we got now we got and then now we got the now we got the word driver and then we got the word license holy crap how many words don't we attack in that line one two yeah that that's what i wanted to hear because it, it, it to me if you go in there with one word and they can somehow bamboozle a person, which Ron from the Ports family just had happen. He said he just lost his words and didn't know what to say. It's nice yeah. to have five or six words to go in there and say, well, what exactly did you mean? Motor. Motor vehicle. Vehicle. Operator. Carry yeah. already went. Terry already went through all that. Go on Edom Online. You'll laugh your ass off. Look up motor. Look up vehicle. What's that? Who who just went through it? Terry. Terry? Yeah, he just hung up. I'm not sure if he's on the board still or not. No, I think he left. Yeah, I, I think he just left, but... uh. Yeah, he looked through at him online. He looked up motor. He looked up vehicle. Then he looked up motor vehicle. He looked up operator. And it just, it was hilarious. <laughs> I can imagine. I'll i will be doing that. I got all kinds of neat stuff going on out here. And, you know, I got IRS. I got a probate thing. I got this business partner who's trying to screw me. Traffic tickets. It's None of which are mine. They're all my wife's and my daughter's, but they're still fun to fight. You know, I still want to learn this stuff. 
just uh, just decide what is coming up sooner and what is really important and just the put five. everything in a priority list and go through them one at a time. I think the five-day notice has got my attention. Yeah, so, that one's pretty soon, yeah. Yeah, he, he's talking by Monday, right? So the funny thing was when they when I received it, it was on the 15th. But the letter on the date, the date on the letter said 13th. So I'm going to give him. Huh? Did you say California? Yeah. Look, just Google something like um, like California five-day notice or five-day notice California. I don't know if it matters, but. The only thing that, that he could say that that statute or whatever code wouldn't apply is because I unlawfully took possession. Like I said, my no. uh, my brother lives next door. We rented the home right next door for many years. As a matter of fact, this whole time we've rented it. But see, that's we, not my point. My point is there might be no such thing as a five-day notice. Right. Well, you put this five-day notice on my door? I've never heard of it. No, no such thing in my world as a five-day notice exists. Lo and behold... Your own freaking codes don't even acknowledge that a five-day notice exists. That would be kind of hard for them to argue. Mike, Mike, I think uh, I'm just doing a quick search. Oh shit! Uh, my phone's going. I think there's a there is something for a five-day notice: a guide for tenants, California courts. Landlord should uh, use sixty-day notice of tenant as in paying for rent for one year or more. And we can't. We can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. There's something uh, courts.ca.gov 1289.htm. I'm just going to paraphrase or just kind of read what is on there. There's, there is something listing as a five day notice. Uh, if you were served in person, you have a five days to respond. So I don't know whether it's a five day notice. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go grab the document. Hold on, I, I, think, I, I, think have, I think you have five days to respond. It's not a five day notice. Yeah, that's what TJ Mars was saying. It was like, hey, that's not a uh, that's not yeah. a court order. Yeah, that's that is. Uh, uh, yeah, he's he's totally right. Then I see what's going on. They're they're saying, hey, would you like to move out in five days? And yeah, then you hop on. No, no. I think I think it's more like we would like you to move out. See, sometimes um, where was it? Um, I think in Michigan, the, what they were doing there was uh, they say uh, something like we want to evict you in two months. And you got 30 days to respond to this notice. And then so you have 30 days or whatever to respond. I could, I don't know exactly the numbers of days, but it was like you have 30 days to respond to this notice. And then if not, if you don't respond to the notice, then on day 60, we want you out. And then on day 60, if you're not out, then they file a court. A, a court date. They schedule a court date, and then they drag into landlord tenant board court. 
So you have 60 days before they even send out a, or before the, yeah, before they even uh, issue any kind of a summons. Okay, so this is what I've got. It's a five-day notice to vacate premises. Forcible detainer. California Code, Civil Procedure 1160. See, forced detainer, that's probably the key word you want to be looking up. Right, so what they're saying is I forced my way into this property and... uh, you know, I hold possession, and I'm not. I'm not allowing them to conduct business. Is what they're trying to say. See, what you might want to do is. Uh, photo. Hold on, Mike. You got to hear this shit. It's it's hilarious. Okay, what? What? Just before you read it, though, I, what I would think I might want to do is take a photocopy of it and write them a letter and send it back some kind of uh i have no idea what you're talking about please explain your letter because they can't move forward in five days if you have no idea whatsoever what's even going on none of this makes sense to you right who are these people what are they saying to you get out of my house what who are you well yeah that's greetings Greetings, Bob. Thanks for your letter. What does it mean? What do you wish for me to do? Yeah, who the fuck are you? Yeah. So if, well, I just walked what... up, if I just walked up and put in a letter on your door, get out, you'd be like, what? What? what's going on? Who, who are you? Why get out? What? You'd be asking questions. Well, yeah, that's kind of what's going on is, uh, you know, it's just some attorney who I've never heard of, not on any of the documents I've ever read out of any of this stuff. And so what they're trying to do, which they've always done, is they bounce us from lawyer to lawyer, case to case, and make it real confusing. And now that who, I have a better grasp on what they're doing, I'm sorry. Who hired the lawyer? Well, my mother did. Uh, when When... when you guys the understand. This, the this, lawyer all happened, this all happened because my my grandfather had a girlfriend. Literally. Okay, he had a girlfriend and she got on the bank account. And when my mother found out, uh she freaked out. I mean she didn't know what to do. She she's like, My God, this lady's gonna take all our stuff. So she went to the banks and she tried to get them get her removed, and the bank said, there's nothing we can do. She's on the corporation as vice president. There's nothing we can do. She went to the state. She said, please help us. This lady is going to try and take everything. The state said, give us power of attorney, and we'll remove her. This was the contract that they understood. They signed the contract. The state went in. We were able to remove her. We paid her $40,000. She moved out of the home that we lived in. But then when my mother said, okay, now give us our shit back, they're like, no, no, no. You have to put up a bond for a million dollars to run your estate. You don't have good enough credit. 
My mom's like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is our estate. My grandfather's ran this for years. And meanwhile, they have doctors and lawyers saying my grandfather's incompetent to run his own estate. So this other guy comes in who's a CPA of my grandfather's. He had hired him for two years. And there's this fake power of attorney where he gave everything. And I mean, when I say everything, I mean a lot of stuff to this gentleman that he had just met. And in this document, it says if he can't do it, that the girl he was screwing could do it, who was the property manager. If she couldn't do it, the bartender of the bars could do it. Now, I'm talking about a very large estate that this document states these people have control over. So my mother immediately knew this was fraud, that this was wrong. But because we are idiots to the legal system, they were able to manipulate us and move. They they not only took power of attorney over my grandfather, they had a different attorney take power of attorney over my grandmother, which kind of made my grandma and grandpa fighting in court. So it was really crazy. And anyway, my mother passed. I ran across Carl Lentz's stuff, Richard Cornford, all kinds of Dean Clifford, all kinds of crazy stuff. And now I'm down to the point where these people are literally kicking us out of our own homes. These are our homes, okay? We, we, we're not criminals. We're not bad people. We just are people whose grandfather happened to own a bunch of shit. Okay, well, okay. Why, are they, why are they saying that you have to get out? Well, that's my question. Is Give me a valid reason why you need these two properties empty. Because the property I just moved into was empty for three months. But like, are, they saying, are they saying that there's money owed on them that's not being paid, or I don't get why they're saying you have to leave? Okay, listen, Mike, listen. The property that I live in is worth probably 1.5, okay? This property, what we owe on it is maybe two or $300,000. The property next door has got the same value, if not more. And we probably owe less, okay? We owe very little on these homes. My grandfather has owned these homes for 30, 40 years. Hey, uh, hey Billy, Billy, whatever happened yeah. with uh, the time that you talked to Carl that, uh, you know, he told you to do uh, something about uh, stepping in and uh, saying you're fired, whatever, what happened to that? Did you ever do that? Okay, so look, the whole the whole Carl Lentz thing has been a fucking nightmare for me, okay? It's just been a nightmare. This guy, like, was an idol and turned out to be a prick. That's the bottom line for me because I did everything I was supposed to do that I thought I was supposed to do just to be able to talk to him, which was I donated. I waited for fucking four hours, several weekends, just to speak to this man, and he treated me like shit. Okay, And then when he did talk to me, finally, towards the end of the call, he said, is there any fucking reason you can't just go file a simple claim that someone's administering your property without rights? And then the call hung up. That phone call, at the next morning, he decided he's not going to post his, uh, uh, his calls anymore, that you have to pay for his calls. Let me tell you, 
for fucking three months, I tried to speak to this man. And then the, the, the night I finally get to talk to him, the phone call not only gets cut off, but he decides he's not going to post it. So I can't even show my family what I finally got to say to this man and what he said back. So like I said, the whole Carl Lenz thing has kind of been a nightmare. This whole thing has been a fucking nightmare. But what I know is people are doing a car. can't hear you. Hello? I think you faded. Well, I'm not, I don't think you hung up. No, I'm, I'm here. It's oh, frustrating, guys. Uh-huh. It's fucking uh, frustrating. Okay. It's, yeah, I know this man. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people go through this, not just you. But um, what about uh, so you 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 haven't uh, you didn't have enough information to do that? Do what? To do what he recommended, filing a claim and uh, against the trustee and uh, telling him, you know, this is my shit, you know. Go away. Do you have more? Do you have a claim? Hital, I already have my documents filled out. Some guy Jules. Uh oh. Some guy Jules on. Uh, uh oh. Yeah. Some guy Jules what's on it? Skype. I'm what's that? What's that name? Sound familiar? Uh, what? Why is that name sound familiar? Dude, just 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 let him talk. Let him talk. Anyway. So this guy helped me out, okay? I'm sitting there. It's uh, my wife's birthday. It was Christmas Eve. And I'm sitting on Skype. And this dude pops up. And he's like, hey, bro, I can help you. And he gives me all these documents. And he's just like, you got to do it like this. You do it like this. And it was really helpful. Let me tell you. Fucking. This guy was, uh, he was making sense. But... He said, hey, give me some time and I'll get back to you. Like I said, it was, uh, it was, you know, New Year's Eve. It was my wife's birthday. And about 7 o'clock, I got back on Skype, and this guy just like, you've been wasting my time all day. <laughs> you know, I don't want nothing to do with you no more. Take what you got, and uh, good luck to you. And I'm like, what a fucking prick, you know? He helped me out, but at the same time, he just gives me a, a big lift and a big fall. I'm like, what is this dude doing? You know what I mean? I don't know. It just kind of tripped me out. The whole Carl thing, and this other dude on Skype, he tries to help me, and then he halfway helps me. I'm just like, why are we all just helping each other? I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. So I get we need to learn. We need to stand up as men and women in these courts. But this learning process, it killed my mom. It fucking killed her. So, I have a battle in front of me. Have you... um... Have you looked into uh, what I talked about before about talking to the family, getting yourself appointed the executor, 
of the of the estate and uh as executor getting rid of the trustee. Well, it's funny you ask that, Vital, because this Sunday, which is in two days, uh, at 1 o'clock, we are having a family meeting, and 80% of the family is going to be able to show up. Good. So just have a meeting, you know, have some type of uh, agreement, and uh, either you or somebody else, but somebody has to be appointed. It can even be more than one. You can have more than one executive. And then well, yeah, in the trust, there's got to be a conservator, a trustee, and a beneficiary. That's just how trusts are set up. I I've, I spoke to another guy. No, no, no. This ain't a trust. This is somebody in the family being appointed as executor of the estate. Well, it's a conservator is what they call it. Conservator. At least out here, that, that's what they call it out here, out, out here, is when you have a trust, from what I saw. It's not a trust, it's an estate. No, it's a trust. My my, The McLean Family Trust, that's what it's called. Okay, but, what it is. but that all belongs to the estate of your grandfather. Well, explain ex- estate, because I don't understand the difference between the a trust. I, I believe... The estate goes into the trust. Is that what you're saying? Well, you could put the estate in the trust, but but the your grandfather has an estate. Everything he could have ten trusts in that estate that that are part of that estate, or his estate, you know, could have been put into trust. I don't know, but but basically, that when there is a situation where there's uh, an inheritance of some kind. Somebody gets appointed as executor to handle the matters for all the other inheritors, and they agree with it. So they, you know, basically they're like the beneficiaries uh, or the inheritors, and then that person is in charge of uh, executing it. You know, being the executive, uh, uh, the executor of it, being in charge of it. And if there's a trustee that's handling some some uh, trust or whatever for, you know, uh, the benefit of the inheritors, and uh, your grandfather is either deceased or uh, not competent, then that executor has the authority to act on behalf of the inheritors. I think I think that is the this, idea of the the. the Mattel, I think that is the idea of the conservator. That she, yeah, they may call it conservator, but I've never, I've never, I've never heard it called conservator. I've called it called uh, executor because it's you know it's the one that executes. So well, this this the conservator is the keeper, the preserver, the one defending the right. Okay, uh, so in any case, then. The next move would be to to get rid of the trustee, fire the trustee, and then maybe well, appoint, appoint the another. Trial, that was another thing Carl said. He said, "Listen, Bill, trust E, E E, employee. Right? He said, Do you understand that? Somebody, yeah. He said, he said you're fucking fired. You go say that to them. 
they're your trustees, they're your employees, they're fucking fired. He said, if you work for me and I didn't like what you were doing, I'd fucking fire you. Fire them. Right, that's that's kind of what I was referring to earlier. But yeah, much like much like mortgage or mortgagee, the but you have the one. right, right, or employee, yeah. employee. But you have to have the status or the authority to be able to do that, you know. And well, the, they have a court order. Okay, so I finally, you know, I've nailed down. I've, I finally got to talk to somebody. This lady Susan wrote me back, and she kind of made sense. Okay, and she said, okay, this is what the trust said, this is what you're supposed to do, and this is what we're supposed to do. And basically it said, you know, now that your mother has passed, you step into her, blah, blah, blah. Let's see what she called me. Some I don't know. She called me some uh, contingent remainder beneficiary. Yeah, so because I my mother passed, I'm a contingent remainder beneficiary. And so she went through this whole thing, and she kind of explained that basically when my grandpa passes, they're going to sell everything, and then everybody gets a little piece. Okay, this is not what the family wants. That's right. That's why you need an executor. Executor, right? There's the or and the ee, or er and ee. So you need, you need to to have this family meeting, appoint someone as executor or more than one, and then they work for the family. And then the next thing is get rid of this trustee, uh, either dissolve the trust or uh, um, depending on what I I don't have the authority to dissolve the trust. Okay, my grandfather is still alive. He's still... You know, he knows who I am. He knows who his kids are. But he'll he'll ask, you know, the same fucking question over and over and over. All right, we Where heard that is. before. We heard that before, but getting to the, to the point. So you have to have authority, and the authority is given by the family members to somebody to act, to protect or, or, or you know, protect the inheritance or, you know, the estate. Your grandfather is not able to do it anymore. So the family appointed somebody else, okay? And that's the the the, the entity, the, the man that has authority to act. Okay, so hold on, Vital. Just so, yeah. just so you're clear, and I want to make everybody on the call clear, my mother, I have documents of my mother going into court with a lawyer Trying to name herself as conservator over the estate for my grandfather. Okay, this happened for 10 years. My mother basically argued, complained, did everything you could think of to try to get these people. We've removed two conservators because they basically came in and sold stuff and then told us they lost the money or they couldn't tell us where the money went. Okay. So we remove them. Now we have this one last bank, like I said. They've been here since 07, 06. Who knows? But they've been here for a while. Now we're down to the point where we have about 10 properties. They are now starting, 
my mother, like I said, just passed, and they let her live here. Let her. I fucking love that. Let her live here for 10 years. While she fought them with other lawyers, which they just made more money on. Anyway, now we're down to the point where they want to kick our family out of our home. And I have to take a stand. Okay, Jules helped me with my with my documents. I believe in his documents. They were very professional. It looked beautiful. Okay, it was straight to the point. He seemed like he knew what he was doing. I got that part. My issue is my procedure. Okay, I don't even know when I'm supposed to submit my order because I don't know the procedure. I know coming in as a man, I'll submit the orders. But when? At what stage do you give the judge the order? The day one, when you say no man has come in and claimed my property, here's my order? Or do you submit it with your cause of action? Or <clears throat> when do you do this? See, people who have never been to court, this is not something you can read online. My case in particular, this probate issue, I have not even ever once come across it. I've watched hundreds of hours of YouTube, common law, you name it, Freeman. Nobody does probate. So, well, probate, probate the stuff because they're leeches. You know, once they get their foot in there, it's almost like dealing with children. You know, a children issues the same thing, the same type of court. Exactly the same thing. And exactly and the same thing because these probate people aren't even licensed. Did you know that in California? Well, at least in California, you didn't even have to take a test to be a probate person. You just once had to sign the document. Once once they get you in their snare, they're leeches. They just keep sucking everything out. I I, I have a lady it's here. Trying to put my foot down. So now I got a five-day notice that says I'm in forcible detainer, and it says Bill Thompson to all the persons in possession. Well, I just let him know there's no persons here. It's all rightful owners. So I'm getting ready to go on this fun battle. I've offered Carl money. I've offered everyone money. And I have no money. The estate has millions. I have zero. Okay, but the court would allow my mother to retain counsel. I know they will allow me. But literally, all these gurus out here, they're being swamped by guys like me. I got a fucking ba-ba-ba. I got a ba-ba-ba. I got a ba-ba-ba. And they pick and choose who they want to help. But there's no real place where you can go and say, hey, look, give us 20 grand and we'll get you your 5 million back because we know it was fraud. There's nothing out there like that. You got to go out there and learn this shit your fucking self and take them in there and void some contracts. And you got to do all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's tough. Uh, From what I've learned, I'm telling you, executor is, is a powerful position to be in. Hey, my family will name me or anyone else. I don't care who it is. We can name my newest son. All this stuff is happening because there's no executor. I don't know who the executor is, dude. They've they've bombarded us. 
No, you, you, your family gets together and decides. Yeah. We all get along. Trust me. There, we don't fight. None of us. We're not fighting over the money. There is no I understand, money. but, I mean, this thing has to happen. It's like, it's like a board of directors meeting. Hey, who's going to be uh, uh, the chairman? Okay, let's have a vote. Okay, we, we agree that Billy's going to be the chairman. Boom. Uh, so you have to have a meeting. You have to have, like, meeting minutes, that type of thing. And then you have to, uh, uh, you know, make an appointment and, and accept it, you know, vote on it, accept it. And now it's done. Then the executor is in charge of the estate. And he starts looking to see what's going on. Where, where's the full accounting? You know, all that stuff. Who's the trustee? You know, uh, and you know, get rid of them. Hello? Yeah, I'm still here. Everybody else went to sleep? I'm not online, so I can't see how many people are on the call. I know a guy in uh, in Washington State that may be able to help you. But he's he's usually pretty busy. But uh, I, I, you know, from everything that I've learned, you know, general executor or executor is, you know, Somebody has to be appointed to that office. Otherwise, it's empty, and that's why all this stuff is happening, because nobody on your side can make decisions. Okay, so here's my deal. Is, is Like I said, when my mother went in there, they said, you got to have a bond. And what I did see was the bond that the, uh, the bank had put up was 900000 or some bullshit. And I'm like... Well, if the judge requires a bond, do I now make him liable because he's requiring the bond? I mean, who who is the man that says I have to have a bond to administer my own property? How do I go around that one? You know what I'm saying? When I'm in court, there's a few things they want to know. They want to make sure that my grandfather, one, is being taken care of. That's number one, okay? which we are more than willing to hire the same nursing company who is taking care of him currently and who has been for the last 10 years. We can take care of that. In terms of the properties, we can hire our own property management company. Okay. Now, if I go into court and they say, well, you need a bond or a good credit, which I have neither of, and this is what shut us down in the beginning. Was they, they told us we needed a bond to administer our own property. I'm like, well, why didn't my grandfather need a bond when he administered it? See what I mean? Like, why all of a sudden, because we asked you guys for help to get rid of the crazy bitch, why all of a sudden do we need a bond to now rent our properties, mow our lawns, you know, go to the bank, get a refinance, whatever we need to do to administer our property. Why do we need you? 
So it just turned into this huge legal thing. And I don't know how it got this way, but I'm pretty sure they got their claws in it, and there was some fraud and conspiracy and all that other bullshit to begin with. But that doesn't fix my current situation. Okay. I moved into the property next door on purpose because I knew it would be harder for them. Shut up. So now I'm here, and I got the five-day notice. So I'm ready to walk with it, but like I said, I have all my claim documents ready. I already know it's going to go to My mother has been fighting them for 10 years. They're not going to just let me allow them to write letters, and they're going to give me my property back. They will not. I promise you. So I already have my documents. The question is, whose name do I put on the document? When do I put in the court order? These are questions I don't know. Because I have 20 different attorneys I could go after. Literally. Judges. But for right now, at this very moment, Apparently, this lady, Susan, who just wrote me this last letter, who said she's the manager of the SVP, whatever the hell that means, for the trustees, she's taking authority. She's saying that she is the head honcho, and I got her signature. Well, two days after I get her signature, I also get a five-day notice. So I think Susan is liable. I think Susan was aware that she was going to give me this five-day notice, and she's trying to cause me harm. They've always tried to cause us harm, but now that my mother has passed, the one who's actually put up the fight for the last 10 years, they're literally trying to just walk on us, and it's over. I got to fight. I might lose, but I'm hoping to blacken some eyes. You know what I'm saying? These guys, they're coming after us. They're coming after all our property. I can't have them. Yes, they took, they told, I found documents that says the probate lady was allowed to do everything, basically. But in one of the things she was allowed to do was to continue to do business as usual with our properties. Well, we had two bars. Each bar sold for about $2.5 million. She told the family... We are not allowed to run businesses. We have to sell your bars. And we fought them and we fought them with all their legal bullshit. We sold both bars, $5 million cash. About six months later, they wanted to sell a house. So we asked them, where's the money from the bars you just got? And they said, oh, we lost it in the stock market. I can tell you there's been nothing but fraud that's happened upon my family. But the pressing issue is that they're literally, they haven't obviously tried to kick my grandfather out, but... Who's the one signing their name on all this stuff and losing all the property? And whose name is on the document that says you have to get out of the house? This guy, Harry. He's uh, Harry Floyd. I've never even heard of the prick. He, he's this new attorney that I've never heard of. No, but who's the, uh, the, writes me a letter that says, I demand you to get out of the property or I'm going to have legal proceedings. Who's the, who's the owner of the landlord? What's that? 
who's the owner or landlord. Okay, now here's where it gets tricky. The bank is the trustee who hired the property manager. So you tell me, who's the landlord? The bank isn't a trustee. The bank is a building. Okay. Okay, so who's the landlord? Hold on, hold on. Who? Just go through this one step at a time. Who is the one signing all these documents that's losing all this property? I'm sorry, who's who's signing the documents that's losing the property? Didn't you say somebody lost a whole bunch of property and they said, oops, we lost it, the stock market, whatever, whatever. Somebody's losing yeah. property. Yes, that was the old probate lady. Her name is Fermi LeBeau. Feel free to Google her. Well, she, hold on. Hold on. Before we go off on some crazy venture... If she's the one signing documents and causing all this property to be lost, she's uh, causing financial harm, she's signing all this shit, she's liable. So she is a wrongdoer. Yeah. So now yeah. now who is signing all these who is signing this document that says you have to get out? This is a, an attorney for the bank. Okay. Who at the bank sick this attorney on you. Say that again? Who at the bank did what? Who called this attorney and sent this attorney to write you letters? I don't know. That this is I You gotta find that out. This guy's telling you to get this guy's telling you to get out of the house and you don't even know who his client is. You don't know who hired him. Exactly. So you're gonna have to send a letter to him Greetings, whatever your face is. Who are you? Who are you to me? Like, does this guy have some kind of authority, a delegation of authority to represent somebody? Who is he representing? Because there's no such freaking thing as a bank going to take my house. Are you guys trying to tell me a bank is going to, an actual brick building is going to move into my home? I want a man or a woman's name. What man or woman says I have to get out of my home? Hey, Billy, I just, sorry. Hey, Billy, I just posted the link on the on the chat there. Check that out. I just said that quick, uh, real quick. As sir. a pal, I'm, I'm not on my computer tonight. I'm actually wandering around the back doing some work. But, uh, oh, all right. Uh, well, I'll be on, on the phone. chat there. If not, uh, uh, contact me on Skype, and uh, I'll post it there. Or somebody else can give it to you. Yeah, yeah. But that was just a quick. That was just a quick, a quick thing that I that I found. I mean, I didn't even really look that hard. So there's, there's, uh, um, it sounds like there's nobody uh, uh, in place to to represent uh, or handle the business for this estate or the trust or whatever. And that's why they're doing all this stuff. Uh, well, when you say there's nobody in place to do this business, what do you mean? From from your father's, uh, uh, nobody's handling matters for your grandfather. You mean there's no captain running the ship, so parts yeah. of the crew are taking over? Yep. Or, well, or yeah. somebody else, one, or somebody one, else is, is doing it. Kind of like an adverse possession type of thing. 
So is that exactly right? So is the general idea is the general idea that there's there's supposed to be an executor telling the trustee what to do, and there's no executor, so the trustee's doing whatever they want. Yep, that's what it seems like, or something similar to that. There's something yeah. missing in the in the in this equation, and like the girlfriend, she was doing that stuff when she was removed, and they, you know, they were glad to remove her. Nobody else stepped up, so they put it into trust or whatever. And, and no, no, no. My mother that. stepped up. Hold on, Vital. My mother stepped up at that point. When we got but that was, to move. Yeah, but she okay. wasn't, uh, she wasn't. So here's what we did. They told us that we didn't, we weren't able to bond. So I went to some of my friends who own real estate companies and whatnot. And I had them write a letter to the court saying, hey, we are willing to administer the property, blah, blah, blah. They still wouldn't allow it. They threw that out. They said, well, where's that guy? He didn't show up to court. No, he didn't. He didn't sign it. No, he didn't. It's just a letter. Like I said, we were incompetent to the legal process. So we, we failed miserably. But who, who is, do you know definitely who the beneficiaries are? 100%. It says it right in the trust. Okay, who is that? It would be uh, myself, well, my, myself, my brother, my aunt, my uncle, my cousin, uh, a couple other cousins. There's about eight of us. That are, you all over the, are you all over the age of 16 or 18 or 21? Every one of us, yes. Okay, well, all, the benefi- all the beneficiaries should just go to the trustee and say, buddy, you suck, get the fuck out. We're all grown men and women here, and it's our property, and you're fucking everything up. Get out. And just fire them. You're done. Put a new trustee in there. Find out why there's nobody at the wheel of the ship, and designate yourself a captain, executor, whatever you want to, and just tell these guys. So, so Mike, what happens when I go into court? Now, this has got to go into court. It's already in court. I got it. What if your brothers and sisters and all these beneficiaries that are involved, what's their freaking problem? Tell them to get their act together. Grow exactly. a backbone, show some interest, and let's all kick this asshole out. Right. And so if I go in and the judge says, uh, or the. Uh, Not you, we. Well, all I mean, of we you. We are going to, trust me, we all can't wait for the court date. Trust me, they're all just like, tell me when, tell me when. Tell me what I got. Maybe is, I don't know. Maybe Vital's got a better idea on this, but maybe one step should be every one of you beneficiaries write this clown a letter. Find out who who has some kind of say in what, and give them notice. I don't know what you guys are, what kind of circus you guys are running here, but this is ridiculous. You're wrecking everything. You're all gone. We're going to straighten this out. We're going to do what you guys couldn't do. You guys had a you guys had a duty and obligation. You had a fiduciary, trustee position, whatever you want to call that. It was their freaking job to do something and they flat out failed. Okay, so Get when they waved the court order at me, now what? Cuz that's what they did. 
that lady in the last letter sent me the court order, which gives her a right to administer my property. Okay, well, so, who signed the court order? The judge, Sir uh, Cocksucker, whatever his name is. And it's actually signed? Not yeah. rubber stamp? Well, yeah. Got a... Let me take a look to make sure. I'm pretty sure it's not rubber because uh, I would have noticed. Julie, you're going to have to find all these letters, all these names, all these signatures, and find out who these people are and what did they do. And just start asking questions. Fire out letters. Yeah, I got a signature here. It's uh, CKL, which I believe is Judge uh, Charles Carlin. So did somebody sign a document giving her the authority? Yeah, that's Judge Carlin. But wouldn't there have to be somebody in your family appointing, what? designating, picking, choosing? Yeah. Yes, and that's the thing is early on my mother... And that was your mom? My mother, my uncle, and my aunt signed something giving the state power of attorney to remove Mary Jane. Where's your uncle? Where's your aunt and uncle? They're here. Okay, well I my guess is they're probably the next the next best people in line. Well yeah. They're, like I said So get them in there get them to start writing some letters. Hey well, Buckle, okay. what's going on? What are you doing? You're fired. Okay, Mike, listen. That's nice to say, but my aunt and uncle are scared of these fucking people, okay? They're scared well, of Well, they're going to have to grow some balls or lose their shit. Well, they're losing their shit, and I've got the balls, so I can't just give up. I can't stop. So, look, they'll back me if they see I'm winning. That's the thing. Everybody goes with the winner. It's just the way fucking people follow, okay? If you're winning, that's my team. That's the way followers are, okay? I am not fucking winning, okay? They've got millions of dollars to fight little old me who is unlawfully trespassing on their property. This is how it's going down, okay? And so we have been fighting millions and millions of dollars with our fucking stupidity, really. Okay, so now it's time to where I don't hire nobody I file my claim, and I have everybody in the family behind me backing that says, I speak for the family. That's the best option I've seen, because these guys are going to give away jurisdiction as soon as they open their mouth. So I don't want that. What I want them to do is to see what I'm doing, hear what I'm doing, be comfortable with what I'm doing, and allow me to do it. Now, if you're a named executor, I don't give a fuck anybody but the bank. Anybody. Well, maybe if your maybe if your aunt and uncle don't have the balls to step up and do anything, they probably have some kind of power if they were both signing on the document. They don't. Why don't you get everybody to unanimous, unanimously appoint you the new fearless leader? And well, you can be that, the executor or whatever the guy is. That's that says, my path to happen. Okay, now this is why we're having this family meeting this Sunday at 1 o'clock. Like I said, 80% of us are going to show up, and I'm going to show them all the letters I've wrote to them, 
what we've talked about, what, how we're going to proceed. I'll let them listen to the calls I've been on and just and say, hey, guys, look, we have an option. We, united, can do this. If I go in as lone wolf, they can attack every one of you to say that you might not agree. If I have a document that says we all agree, they have no fucking right to our property, and we can administer our property. And this is the hardest part to get a point uh, across to my family is that Grandpa did this for 40 years with nobody. I don't need a lawyer or a real estate agent or anybody to run 10 homes, okay? I don't need this. I am a qualified general contractor, real estate agent. I don't need none of this shit. What I need is the bank to get the fuck out of here so they can quit selling everything. I've had two real estate agents, I swear to you, in the last two days, walk down my driveway and ask me to sell my home. This is how valuable these homes are. They're right next to the beach. And so these yeah, people are okay. trying to get us to empty these things out. I'm like, what the hell? Why? <laughs> Why would you give up your gold mine? So, and these aren't like lavish properties, you guys. These are fucking, my grandfather, <laughs> he didn't take care of his shit, okay? These things need insulation, some windows, you know. They're older homes, but there are homes, and we live in them. And I have children and family, and none of us want this. None of us want these people around. We don't need them. We never. The lady who ran this estate, you guys, for 30 years is still around, and I've spoke to her. She's in the trust. And he even says if nobody can administer the trust, Monica Shanklin can administer the trust. Well, she's still around. And I called her and I said, Monica, if I'm able to get this estate back, will you help us get it back on track like it was? And she said, yes, absolutely. I said, will you come to court and verify that? She said, absolutely. Because they fired her unlawfully, okay? When this takeover happened, when this lady got on the bank accounts, and she appointed all these other people as manager and blah, 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 blah. They fired this lady who was for 30 years who ran my grandfather's estate. One, one lady in the office above the bar. She ran everything. One lady. We didn't need 20 attorneys and we didn't need any of this shit. And so here we are. You know, on the well, bed. And it's time, you know, it's time to do something. But see, if you sent me a letter whining and bitching and complaining, I'd just laugh and know that there's nothing you can do. But if there was like 8, 10, 12 people writing me letters coming after me, I'd be a little worried. So you should tell your family they're all going to have to pitch in and help. If, it, if they can't even write a simple freaking letter to save this shit, pretty pathetic it is and they might have to go to court just in case because if you have 9 10 12 letters you walk into court they're all going to get struck down they won't be counted as evidence but if there's 9 10 11 12 people who wrote those letters sitting in the audience 
the other side's going to be like, oh, shit, all of them can come up and testify. They're all family members. They're all beneficiaries. This doesn't look good for us. And they might just settle. They might just say, okay, we're done. Take it. They'll probably try and get you to sign some screwy contract so they can leave their foot in the door. But they're probably going to back down if they get ganged up on by a united family. Well, I can tell you, Mike, when, when this all first started, I have uh, you know, the court record, court record. I have it all. And, the, and so the judge was saying, who is in the courtroom? And you could hear the attorney saying, well, on the left side is all the family. And on the right side are, you know, so whoever. There's only a couple people. And uh, and then he says, uh, I noticed that, you know, Mr. McLean went up and hugged his wife. Why are you guys here disputing that he's not happy with his wife? And you can you can hear the judge asking, like, what, what is going on? You know, I could see all his family's here to support him. And it was just this whole confusing thing for our family. I was like, we're like, what's going on? What, what do you mean we have to do this? And literally, there's 20, 30 of us sitting out there going, you guys, we don't understand what you're doing. And they just slowly took our property. And now they have full grasp of it. Now it's down to the point where they've sold it. You know, a lot of stuff. And here we are. They're trying to get us out. So when 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 my mother passed, my, my daughter moved out of her apartment to move in with my mother to help her pass. And... Uh, when she passed, the attorney came to my daughter and said that you should expect a 30-day notice pretty soon. And when I heard that, it just, I don't know, it just changed me. Well, no, it, it sounds pretty obvious to me that there was some bad management of the estate. Like, it doesn't sound to me like it'll be hard for you to find evidence that somebody was screwing up ridiculously bad. Or pretending to lose bad and putting the money somewhere else or something. I don't know what's going on. But I'm sure you can easily prove that somebody's done a very bad job. Yeah, I I don't think... uh, If I go to work... If I go to work, if I go to work and I fuck up everything, I'm not going to last there. They're going to get rid of me. So who does this trustee think she is? Well, that's the thing is literally they've been fucking us for 10 years. Because nobody knew how to handle it. That's right. And at this point, you know, so I wrote them a letter. Mike, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but I, I wrote the attorney a letter. I told her she's in naked possession of my property. I was a little firm with her. But then I wrote some emails, and I said, I believe I was in error. She never responded. I wrote the CEO. He never responded. And the property manager shows up, and I tell him, yeah, the owner lives here now. Then I get a letter from the bank from some new lady. And she says, yeah, I'm I'm the SVP, whatever that means. And uh, 
she basically broke down what the trust says and how it goes and basically says when grandpa passes they're gonna sell everything and give it you know give her all the beneficiaries. She keeps stating that I keep asking for benefits from the trust. Same who, thing the attorney did. And I keep who telling wrote him, that? Hold on, who I'm not wrote that? asking for a fucking benefit. Who wrote that clause that the house gets sold? Was that in the original agreement or? Yeah, that that's in the original trust that when whoever passed first, my grandmother or my grandfather, all their assets would go to the other. And, and when they passed, all the assets would be sold and be distributed to the five main children, which was 20% apiece, three of which are dead now. So there's two left, my aunt and my uncle. So the children from those step into their place. And I am so your aunt and uncle are the two your aunt and the uncle are the two next in line. Yes. Well What's like their said, fucking aunt, problem? What are they isn't it dude, completely up to them got, then at this point? Hey, they're charging us four hundred and fifty dollars an hour just to talk to us on the phone. What do you mean what's their problem? They're making what, millions. What kind no, of your your aunt and your uncle aren't they next in line? Yes, they are, and they're so scared by these fucking attorneys and probate people that they're scared to step up and do anything. Hey, That's Billy, fucking ridiculous. Do you know what type of trust it is? Uh, what, what do you mean when you say that? What type what, of trust? What formation of trust is it? Formation? Yeah, is it irrevocable? Is it a living trust? Is it? Uh, no, this is a this is a fucking I don't know. It says the McLean Family Trust, and then it starts stating all the shit that's in the trust and family. who the beneficiaries of the trust and what happens when the trust is over. So I don't, you know, it doesn't even matter to us. None of the family want what's in that trust. It's not. But what's happening right now? It's not. Not what's happening. Well, yeah, but you can Okay, but how many how many millions of dollars do you want to keep flying out the window of this trust? And then the other thing is, uh, uh, you know, God forbid your grandfather dies, then uh, you have even less power. And then if your uncle or aunt pass away, then I mean. If it's a family trust, that's, you know, this a key thing there, family, right? That's uh, exactly what it is. The, 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 you, you need to have that meeting. You need to appoint an executor. You need to do some kind of uh, letter uh, to, to uh, get a full accounting of what the hell is going on and, and uh, have a meeting with a trustee and then uh, ask him to, to resign. Or fire them. Then put your own trustee in there, and now the tr- the trustee will have power to do what needs to be done in your favor, you know, in the favor of the family, not in the favor of the, of the bank or whoever's. You know, they got all kinds of attorneys involved in this thing and just leeching money out of the thing like crazy. Okay, That's- so let's 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 just get to the point. The point is, this Sunday I'm going to have a meeting. At this at this Sunday meeting, I will guarantee that I can appoint. Doesn't matter who. Somebody from the family will get appointed, 
Well, have a vote. Have a vote. Maybe that lady that was a property manager, you can invite her in to be a witness and to take minutes of the meeting and, okay, and uh, so record the that's vote. All and all that. Okay, so let's say we have our full board. Uh, we have everything handled on our side. Now, we walk into court because these people aren't just going to hand it back, Patel. i got to promise you this. Okay, I can't just write a letter to these attorneys. They just... Literally, you I've been have, writing to them for months, and now they just... You have to write them a letter anyways. You don't okay. You don't say I'm not writing a letter because he's not going to respond. You and have to write a letter. Mike, I'm Hold on, Billy. They're just bouncing me from person to person. Listen, I spoke to Lisa, and then I spoke to Kara, and then I spoke to Lisa again. And then hey, I but you know what, to, though? See... This is the problem. You're, they got you chasing your tail. You're fighting for them. It's working like a charm. Not only that. What I'm saying is they're bouncing me around from person Billy, to person Billy, person. Billy, Billy, not only that, but you have no authority to be calling these people and doing anything. Bullshit. Yes, I do. Okay. You do not. Wait, 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 wait. Listen, you're not listening. Where did you get your authority from? Because if my mother was allowed to do this for 10 years and she has passed, who do you think has authority now, Vital? You're not listening, okay? Not arguing with you. I'm trying to tell you. If you came in and you said, I'm the king of all this, right, they're going to laugh, right? But now if you come with a, a seal in the crown or whatever, and, and uh, uh, you know, some of some agreement that everybody agreed that you would be the king or the executor or whatever. Now they have somebody that has some clout that's talking. Right. And I get that. I totally get that. You haven't that. That's what I've been saying. How, how many people unanimously picked you to be the fearless leader? You okay, didn't we do have that. To. Nobody. We haven't had this meeting, guys. I'm not the fearless leader. I'm the only one that's studying law. I'm not the fearless leader. I'm just the but only one. But that's my that's point. You're speaking with one voice. You know what, man? You got to settle down, relax, and listen. You keep interrupting, and you're not getting it. You you need to have something formal that a meeting was held. Have this lady witness it and and uh, uh, be in you know, six minutes of it. Right now, you have something official, right? And somebody, either you or somebody else or whatever, got appointed. Now you have the backing of the the whole family. And after all, this is a family trust, right? Not just you know your grandpa's trust, but it's a family trust. It's there for the benefit of the family. Who are the beneficiaries? The children uh, and and the heirs, heirs and the signs or whatever. Now, all those people got together. This trust was done for their benefit and their grandfather's benefit, for the whole family. Now, the whole family is speaking up, and this is the spokesman for the family that the family agreed with. Now you have to answer to me. And that's now, where it changes now when everything. Sign, now when you sign your name, you, 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 you sign your name as, you know, Billy the Kid, executor of... Uh, you know, family trust or whatever it is, or estate or, or however it's named. And uh, I sent you a form there, you know, uh, look into that and some other information that some other people put on there. But I'm telling you, there's a key element missing. 
the king is not speaking up. There is no king. The kingdom has no king. So, you know, all the jesters are going around doing whatever the hell they want because there's nobody in charge. She said it, Vital, just like that. <laughs> just like that. So that's why they're not listening to you. And they're looking at you as just some squatter. And they want to look at you that way because they don't want to give you any credit. Because you I have, can't wait till my family hears this. Thank you for saying that. Because you that, have that, no credibility. That is a hundred percent accurate, right there. And that goes with what I was saying earlier. If you wrote me a letter, I'd laugh and ha ha, piss off. What's he gonna do? But yeah. if the whole family was writing me letters, that shows that the whole family is unified. That you're a group. That you're a team. Yeah, and you're all the beneficiaries, all the ones with all the power. Yeah, we got this going to be. I want to tell you, I'm not disputing this. I just, I have been saying it to my family, and and they trust what I'm doing. It's new. You got to admit, this whole common law thing is, is new to everybody. But knowing that we can unify as one family, and hearing other people that are more knowledgeable about this to to say it. I'm going to show them this this talk to you, and I'm going to show them that not only do I believe it, but all these other people believe that if we all band together and say, look, guys, can we hire a property management company to rent our property? Can we hire a nursing care to take care of our grandfather? Can we do all these things without a bank and all these attorney fees we're paying? Can we do this? Yes. There's no question we could do this. Yeah, but so, the important thing is to make it official. You know, there was a meeting, you know, make it an official meeting. There was minutes taken. You know, this uh, other party that's not an interested party took the minutes. There was a vote. The result of the vote was this. You know, even take the names of the people who voted, whatever. And now you're speaking with the voice of the whole family in a position. That's recognized. And I, and I was saying earlier, I don't think conservator is the proper office. I will look it up. I think executor I is the proper office. Executor does things, makes things happen. A conservator is just basically conserving, like you guys were saying. So conserving is not making things happen. It's just making things that it doesn't disappear. Excuse me, gentlemen. Can I see something? Oh, you still here, Sonia? Oh, yeah. I thought you had a shock in your head. I went to sleep. <laughs> no, this is <coughs> very melatonin. I, I, yeah. No, I wish. Um, I was just thinking, Billy, you just made um, a, a statement that made me think of something. You said you were going to show the family this talk show. I was wondering if you wanted to think about if you can get the chat grabber and they could listen to this talk show if you thought it would be any benefit. I mean, I don't, oh, if you, I don't know your family, but you know, all this bickering that's going back and forth, I don't know if this is something I would show to my family, people that are kind of scared because it, it's, it, you know, they're going to be like, well, not even these people agree, that type of thing. You may want to consult somebody that uh, like uh, maybe in the elder services or something like that, they have somebody that specializes in uh, um, 
uh, family asset protection type of stuff, and maybe get them to to get you a rundown of how to appoint an executor, you know, what their job is, that, this and that, the other thing, and record it, and then present that to your family. Well, I, I'm not real concerned about that. I have a corporation. I have a couple corporations of myself. So I kind of get the whole process of nominating, you know. You can't, have, you can't have a corporation. Uh, yes, I have a couple of them. You can't have corporations. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that argument. No, 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 no. Listen, you're not listening. You can be the president of corporations, but the corporations are not yours. That's right. That's why I said I'm not going to get into this argument. I get that. It's, oh, these right. are these are entities yeah, yeah, that are yeah. setting up for yeah. myself. Yeah, don't don't drag that out, Vitell. Not now. Yeah, that's, but that's I'm a whole new people. That's a whole new ballgame, Vitell. Uh, look. Here, here's the deal. We all get that it's been kind of weird what it has happened. Okay, they, they they have made it real weird. So I understand now, and I've I've always thought this, but it's very hard. You got to understand, it's been ten years of craziness, guys. I haven't even got into the shit they pulled, but ten years. I have to now bring my family back into order and say, look, guys, we can we can do this. This is how we do this. And I have to explain it to them, you know, in layman's terms. I can't get into habeas corpus and all that with them. I, I can't do that. They have to just understand that we have rights as beneficiaries of the family trust, and we can nominate our own executor or a conservator or a trustee or whoever. So right, and, as, and and what you and one other thing that you got to do is you got to say, look, this has been going on long enough. Uh, my grandfather worked very hard to 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 you know uh, uh, accumulate these things, and the family is not getting a benefit from it. Somebody else is ripping it off or getting the benefit of it, and have control over it. When we should, at a minimum, you know, preserve that. What Grandpa worked so hard for is all going to be gone, and we're going to have nothing of what he worked hard for. That's exactly what's happening, is that when he set this trust up, if you read it, it, you know, it basically says he wants his main kids to have, there was five of them, so they would all get 20% 20 of the profits. The problem is the estate that he had when he wrote this will or this trust was huge. I mean, it was it was a huge money-making estate. Now it's down to about 10 properties, which is not small by any means in this area. This is all Santa Monica, Venice, Culver City, you know, Las Vegas. These are all nice neighborhoods that you got properties. Somebody's got to mute out. Sorry, that was me. Hey, I'm going to mute out, but just a second. Have you ever read the, the, the trust? What's that? Have you ever read the trust? Oh, absolutely. I have it. 
I have many copies of it. As a matter of fact, every time they go to sell a property, they send a whole new document of the trust because well, that, 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 that would probably be that would probably be something good to uh, maybe have Mike read and look at, and uh, and uh, see what's about. There's uh, there's um, somebody here that does in Massachusetts. You know, he does uh, uh, asset protection. And uh, he may even be somebody that you might be able to talk to. I'd have to look for his number. Are you uh, talking about Dan? Huh? Are you talking about Dan? Talking about what? Uh, there was a guy, Dan, that was on Angela's talk shoot the other night. No, 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 no. That's Dan Benham. No, no. I'm talking about, in the, you know, like somebody not... not somebody. No, not Dan not, Benham, but uh, he had referred a Glenn, this guy Glenn, who does trust and... Uh, they're basically solventry trusts. It was a whole other issue, but uh, no, this that was that was another thing I wanted to talk to the family about was creating a new trust. Meaning, my grandfather did create this trust because when he passes, he wants everything sold so that his family would benefit. I get that, but what if the whole family wanted to create a new trust that says everything that grandpa left goes into the new trust and we don't sell anything; we keep it for our person. Well, the trustee could could do that, um, and then you know, if stuff gets moved out of the trust, then there's not much left in the trust or nothing. So that would you know, if 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 in the trust it says that that's how it'll work, um, you know, whatever's left in the trust uh, would have to be sold when he dies. Then uh, you know, you guys don't have a lot of work. I mean, a lot of time. I mean, you know, I don't know how old he is, but, you know, time is of the essence, and, and, uh, and he has some stuff to do. And like, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. This Sunday, we're going to have this family meeting. Uh, I think this, see, everybody has been asking me, are you going to have something for us to sign? You guys, I honestly don't know what to write up. <laughs> I mean, I can write up a declaration, but I think that the the way to do it, and you got until Sunday to do a little studying, is how do you do a family meeting to, uh, you know, have a meeting and a vote to appoint, you know, an executor or whatever you're going to appoint. Right, right. Executive. And then have somebody like, like I said, that lady or somebody else come, take minutes, do a vote, everybody votes, and then it gets signed and the minutes are attached to it, uh, go along with it, because that's the next it official. Oh, excuse me, gentlemen. Then you become the newly appointed executor of, you know, this estate or whatever it is, and you may need some help with somebody to kind of, you know, point you in the right direction. This call is going to cut off shortly. What do you just want to do? Do you want to continue this tomorrow? or um, It's just going to cut off. I just want to warn you that. Well, we're on uh, Skype, right? You, you, we're on Skype, uh, uh, Billy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll try to find this. Uh, th- these guys, they do a radio show here on uh, asset protection and trusts and all that. I'll try to find that. Just send me a message on uh, Skype tomorrow. Will do. Thank you, Sonia. Right, right. Good night, everyone.
but I do appreciate all the help you guys. Hey, well, you you can continue. I'm just telling you that it, the talk show is going to shut down on its own here shortly. I just wanted you to be aware of that so you can continue. I just thought you might want to make some plans about what you want to do before Sunday. You guys can talk more. Go ahead. But it's just going to shut down on us, so I just thought I'd warn you. You might not be watching the clock. I am. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, I appreciate it. I pretty much got what I want. I, listen, guys, everything you're suggesting, Vital, I have already thought. But you got to understand, 10 years in the making, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, everybody's scared of these people. They tortured us. No doubt. And so I'm going to have a meeting, and I'm going to tell them that they are our servants and that they work for us. And it's very hard for them to understand, but that's the truth. And so that we're not happy with our services, who else will we like to do it? And we're going to appoint the people, and I'm going to I'm going to make my claim for my property, and I'm going to have all my family backing it. And uh, like I said, I've never done this, but I've done enough research where I feel comfortable. The only thing I'm not comfortable with is the procedure. To walk in and to state that I'm a man and this is my property and to show cause that this is my property and that no other man has a right to my property, I can do that all day. But the procedures on when I submit my orders, I don't know. I've never done it. Try to find it. Try to find it on TalkShoe on when you submit your order. You can't find it. So it's little questions like that where you need to talk to somebody who's been through this and says, oh, no, 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 you just submit your order when you're going to, and they know because they've done it. I don't know lawyers. I don't know people that go to court, that defendants. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Are you still on, Patel? Uh, I don't know if he's on the phone, but uh, I think he's still on chat. Well, I don't, I don't know whether you were on the the chat there, looking at any some any of the links there, but uh, Boing Snap put some links on, so go back to uh, Chat Grabber and then put in the, uh, the call. I'm not online right now. I'm on my phone. Yeah, that's fine. But just uh, go to go to Chat Grabber and you'll find a few links that uh, uh, three, four, five, six links that uh, Boing Snap put on. Uh, maybe, maybe maybe the last one that he put on. Anyway, or who posted it? Uh, Boing Snap. Uh, one of them, one of them there, and I that didn't really read through a whole lot, but it was how to remove a trustee from a family trust. I think there's a bunch of links in there that you'll probably like, so I would definitely go to Chat Grabber and go through. Have you done that before, Bill? Yeah, I've been on Chat Grabber before. Oh, okay. Usually okay. on the chat board, but uh, tonight I'm I'm yeah. working. Okay, no, I just wondered if you wanted me to send you things, I could, but if you've been on, you know how to do it, okay. Or if you need any help, you just ask anybody. 
Well, Bill, Bill should be able to get on the track, track grabber and grab it. He should be all right there. It's been a huge, confusing thing for all of us, uh, getting a better grasp on it now that, uh, you know. Well, it's, it's also been confusing for us because it wasn't, I think, until tonight that you mentioned that there was the aunts and uncles that were a part of this thing which hold higher priority than possibly what you do. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, we've always been close. All of our family, I mean, we're just, we're close. We always have been. This whole thing arise, like I said. Well, yeah, no, I'm not not discounting that by any means. It's just, it's the idea that, you know, let's say, so you're the grandson, but yet there's aunts and uncles, and I don't think, Many people grasp the idea that, well, the aunts and uncles may take precedence over you as a grandson. Well, they, they in, in the error terms, they they do, but now that my mother's passed, I pretty much stepped into their level, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I don't, okay, I don't so. see, Hold on, though. That's not true, though, because if I die and the stuff goes to my daughter, her grand, her daughters aren't allowed to take my shit. It goes to my daughter first. Your, your, aunt, your aunt and uncle, your aunt and uncle have whatever they call it, the right of refusal, because it automatically goes on them. And they have the right to say, yeah, I'm the big shot now. Or, no, I don't want to be the big shot. I want my kids or my nephews or somebody else. But they have right. first crack at it. it I, as far as I see, it goes to well, them. Your mo- that, listen, though, hold on, hold on. Your mother wasn't next in line. Your mother was the one that was taking control of it, like as in do this, do that, do the other. But she wasn't next in line for the inheritance. Why? Where was it? Because it goes. Because it goes grandparents, parents, kids. It doesn't go grandparents, kids, parents. It goes straight down the line, lineage. Right, and so right my, down, my mother down. was my grandfather's daughter, and she would be next in line. Yes. Yes. So if my grandma, if my mother passes, then I would be next to mine. No. That's not even even the argument I have. No. Listen, though. It would be your mother's sisters or brothers. Right. Her only sister has already passed, which is my cousin who is next to mine. Meaning when my grandmother and my grandfather got married, they both had two daughters. When they got married, they had a son. Okay. My grandfather's side, both of his daughters have passed, my aunt and my mother. And on my grandmother's side, her daughter has passed, one of them. The other one is still alive, which is my aunt. And the other uncle, which my grandparents had, which is still alive, my uncle and my aunt are the only two that are alive. In the trust, it says that if the child is deceased, then their heirs become, you know, 
the beneficiaries of their whatever, whatever comes. So that's not the argument I have because my, like I said, my uh, uncle and my aunt are not disagreeing with anything I'm doing. Well, what they're worried about is that these people are going to harm us more because I'm messing with them. That's what they're worried about. They're worried that I'm going to upset them and that they're going to throw us out of our homes and and harm us more and not give us the benefits that were coming, what little benefits were coming anyway. And so when we have this family meeting, all I want to do is say, look, guys, you know, we can appoint someone in our family or a couple people in our family to be the board of directors and to administer this trust. But we all have to say the same thing. We all have to agree that this person, which I think my aunt and my uncle should be executor and trustee. But now when we go into court and they say, okay, uh, Stephanie, you're going to be the executor, Mac, you're going to be the trustee, where's your bond? This is what confuses me because the court will say shit like this. Where's your bond? Because this is what they said to us before. Now, if he is the error, does he need a bond to administer his own property? Do I point out to the judge uh, who's the man claiming I need a bond? I mean, I don't know how to get around this one. These are the put, things I want to talk about. Put that in a letter. Put that in a letter. Ask a question. Well, I'm, I'm also thinking the uh, you, your father's not even dead yet, and his will, his will should not be executed until he's dead. There's another huge factor. He's still alive and they're already kicking you out of the house? Yeah, what the fuck is that? Uh, Pardon me. Yeah, that's... Sorry to watch my language. Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. How are they doing that? Exactly. So, my grandfather has no idea they're kicking us out. Because there's nobody holding them accountable. That's right. There's no Jerry's are holding them accountable. There is nobody in charge. That's right. No, my, my mother used to keep an eye on them. She has passed. It's been about six months now. But that's why your aunt and your uncle have to do it. It falls on them next. They're the other ones that signed. They're your mom's brothers and sisters, whatever. They're the next ones that are supposed to, They're still alive. Their still signatures are on that document. Like, they got to grow a pair of nuts and do something. Thank you for saying that. Balls. Brass balls. Thank you for saying that. That's how I feel. You know, I'm over here uh, playing lone shark trying to fight for this whole thing. And my family just thinks that I'm on another crazy crusade uh, doing some other, you know, legal stuff that's not going to work, basically. They they think I'm going to cost us more money by doing what I'm doing. Because for years, we fought them, and we paid thousands, hundreds of thousands to try to get this back. And that didn't work. Yeah, and so now they're thinking, oh, Billy's on another crazy mission. Now that his mom died. Another crazy mission? What other crazy missions have you been up to? (laughs) Let's not get into that. 
He's <laughs> <laughs> been owning corporations. <laughs> I picked up on that one immediately. Well, let's just say that I believe in justice. Not justice, but uh, truth. Okay? Because I, I don't like bullshit. I don't like people telling me something and it's something different. So I question it. And when I question it, it, it brings tension. So I, uh, you know, I have... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.